All right, here we go. Saturday, March 13th, 2021. How's everybody doing this week? BK here once again, another week in a row. Unbelievably enough, the steel trap mind on full display for everyone to see. From San Diego, California, guys, go ahead and follow me on social media for breaking news throughout the week on Twitter at Bravo Kilo Actual. And you can check out that Instagram at BK Actual as we get started here, right about high noon exactly. And I thought I would go ahead and start this week in Mexico, where Mexico is set to legalize marijuana, becoming the world's largest market. How about that? Lawmakers in Mexico have approved a bill, and that happened Wednesday night, to legalize recreational marijuana. Clearly a milestone for a country which has been in the throes of a drug war for decades now. And leaving the United States between two countries that have now legalized uh, marijuana. Of course, Canada did it already. Now, in Mexico, this was a 316 to 129 vote in Mexico's lower house, the Chamber of Deputies. And that came more than two years after the Mexican Supreme Court ruled that the country's ban on recreational marijuana was unconstitutional. And more than three years after the country had legalized medicinal cannabis. So the chamber approves this bill, and uh, now it's going to kind of go into a a lengthy discussion. Um, Like us, Mexico has that bicameral uh, house, you know, the upper and lower chambers. But in its final form, the measure is widely expected to sail through the Senate before being sent to President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, of course, AMLO who has signaled support for this legalization. So this measure would allow adults to smoke marijuana and with a permit grow a small number of cannabis plants at home. Additionally, it would grant licenses for producers from small farmers to commercial farmers to then cultivate and sell the crop. Uh, so if uh, assuming this goes through, Mexico will join Canada and Uruguay in a small but growing list of countries that have legalized marijuana in the Americas. Now, as far as the U.S., again, if you longtime listeners have known, I've been screaming for this for years, basically since I started the podcast over four years ago. But it never happened. But Democrats in the Senate have promised to scrap federal prohibition of marijuana this year. So... The bill has proved a little divisive in Mexico. Critics say it is unlikely to make a serious dent in Mexico's soaring rates of carteled fuel violence. And they also argue that this is kind of unwelcome in Mexico, where, according to recent polling, nearly two-thirds of people do oppose legalizing uh, marijuana. And uh, some people are calling this a political fad. Uh, So security experts do agree that the impact on violence will be minimal because their argument is, look, 15 American states having, uh, you know, have already legalized marijuana and the crop has become a relatively small part of the Mexican drug trafficking business anyway. The cartels are focused on more profitable products like fentanyl and methamphetamine and let's not forget human trafficking much more on the ongoing border crisis later. Now, proponents of legalized marijuana say that uh, even if the bill is limited in scope, it does uh, represent a symbolic breakthrough in this push to end a drug war. That drug war, by the way, 
according to the Council on Foreign Relations, has cost an estimated 150,000 lives. I'm assuming that's just in Mexico. Uh, they don't say here. They just say the drug war. But uh, I'm pretty sure that's just Mexico. What else about this legalization? Uh, it's unclear how it will benefit Mexico's poor farmers because they've already grown marijuana for decades. And what happens a lot of time is they just end up in between the middle of conflicts between these warring cartels. The bill also mandates that small farmers and indigenous people be given priority in licensing. Um, what else? They don't really have any state policies to tackle the organized crime in these areas where mar marijuana is grown. So one would have to assume that the cartels will just kind of uh, take it over. Now, with more than 120 million people, Mexico, as stated, would represent the largest marijuana market in the world by population. Uh, and many people uh, are excited about the possible tax revenue that would come in from this. Let's see, here's some specifics. Individual users could carry up to 28 grams of marijuana, that's a big old sack, and grow six cannabis plants at home. Cannabis could also be purchased by adults over 18 at authorized businesses and grown at larger scale by groups, and those larger groups would require that license. Mexico uh, legalized medical marijuana in 2017, that would be regulated separately by the uh, health minister. So, what else? Yep, they think this is, uh, you know, I, you know what? I'm, you guys know my stance. I'm a longtime proponent. I think it's absurd that we even had this be a felony for so long. And the thing is, as I've said before, it's happening fucking anyway in America. Every state, it's a domino effect. They're just going to legalize it. So. For all the old-timers who sat on the sidelines and screamed and warned about the uh, sky falling in, none of that ever happened. They're making money off of it, the states. And a lot less people are going to jail, and we're reserving our prisons and jails for people who commit violent crimes, which is what we should be doing in the first place. So, again, happening anyway. Uh, this was one of tr uh, fucking Trump's uh, hugest uh, blunders was not doing this in the four years he fucking was in office. You know, again, he just he, he would prefer to just fight with the media. So very exciting, though, and can't happen well enough. Now, just as a side note, <laughs> this is randomly. Who is this guy? There was a clip going around this week on Twitter of uh, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts. Now, he is very anti, apparently, legalizing marijuana. And he had a press conference. He said something curious uh, at the press conference. Let's go ahead and listen to this. So this is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's <laughs> what the data shows from around the country. No, that's not that's why it's dangerous to go around the established process we have to determine whether or not drugs are safe and effective. And why legalizing marijuana and going around the regulatory process to keep people safe is dangerous and going to harm our kids. Okay, so it's going to kill your kids if you... Uh... Legalized marijuana, which is absurd. I mean, come on. That's just so stupid. No, it didn't happen out here. Now, I will say, and I've said it before, I do think marijuana should be kept out of children's hands because I've seen, I've seen it firsthand. You kids out there, you start smoking weed when you're young, and it just leads you to become a lazy piece of shit 
and overuse of anything is never good. And that goes for anything pretty much. But there is no doubt, and I would argue, yes, marijuana does lead to laziness and sloth, particularly for young people who haven't really formed their brains yet. You know what I mean? So the, it, it will instill bad habits early. So, yes, it definitely should be kept away from young people, as many things are, alcohol, prescription medicines, etc. So uh, I agree with him on that. His fucking hyperbole about it killing kids is uh, absurd. So stop. So very exciting. Let us go to Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, you guys even remember what happened? The news cycle goes so quickly. But uh, a few days ago, that huge explosion that happened. Equatorial Guinea's government has declared the coastal city of Bata an area of catastrophe, saying it has activated urgent measures to help those affected by those blasts last Sunday that killed at least 105 people and injured 615 others. Uh, President Teodoro Obiang Nguema visited the damaged military barracks, and they said that the explosions in this neighborhood were caused by the negligent handling of dynamite and the stocking of such ammunition so close to residential areas. Uh, The defense ministry said the same day of the explosion Sunday that a fire at a weapons depot in this military barracks caused the explosion of high-caliber ammunition, and the impact of the blast had damaged almost all the homes and buildings in Bata. More than 60 people were rescued from underneath the rubble by the Civil Protection Corps and Fire Service. And if you didn't know anything about Equatorial Guinea, and who freaking does, it is an oil-rich, Spanish-speaking, West African country of 1.3 million people located south of Cameroon. Interesting. I didn't know it was a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, It was a colony of Spain until it gained its independence in 1968. And uh, Bata, the city of where the explosion took place, has roughly 175,000 inhabitants. That aforementioned president, uh, Teodoro Obiang, he has ruled the country for more than 40 years. Oh, this is funny. And the vice president is his son. And he's kept it largely inaccessible. Now his son, who is named Teodormo Nguema Obiang Mangue, said Tuesday that investigations so far showed the fire may have begun when a farmer set fire to his plot of land to prepare it for food production and a breeze spread the flames to the nearby barracks where the high-caliber ammunition was stored. However, satellite images analyzed by the Associated Press show only charred signs of fire at the site that remained centered on three rectangular buildings, and there was no sign of farming around the base, and the only land-clearing work seen came from a construction project near those buildings. So this is, fuck, what is he just trying to do, a cover story? Oh, you know, what are you going to do? Act of God, accidents happen. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, good article here at ABC News. You guys go check that out. The uh, force of the explosion demolished buildings to the north. The explosion reduced some 40 barrack-style buildings to complete rubble. It appears at least one square kilometer had been just completely fucking wiped out. Nothing existed. In that one square kilometer. Yeah, very sad. I'm sure more to come out that for, from that one, I'm sure. Okay, let's go 
Okay, guys, pop quiz. And if you get this, honestly, you are the fucking news master. Okay, I, I, there, and I'll, I'll be totally transparent. If you told me this, I would have no idea who it is, and I do this shit every week. But that's why you tune this podcast, not because I'm some great genius, because I like learning about this stuff, and we all learn it together. So with that being said, who is Mevlut Mert Altintus? Any, uh, any ideas? Of course not. I'll give you another, I'll give you a hint. He killed a man named Andre Karloff. Any, anything, any ring a bell? No? Okay. Well, Mevlut Altintis was that guy who was the off-duty policeman who shot dead the Russian ambassador to Turkey more than five years ago. You guys remember this? This happened... On December 19th, 2016, and Andrei Karloff, the victim, the Russian ambassador, was speaking at a photo ex- exhibition, and one of the fucking policemen assigned to his protective detail was Mevlut Altintis. He was only 22 years old at the time, and he shot and killed Karloff. He shouted, Don't forget Aleppo! referring to Syria, and apparently referring to Russians' involvement in Syria. And then the police shot Altintis dead. And there was that famous picture. uh, You can see the, if you guys Google this, and this will probably be the first picture that comes up if you Google these names, you can see Andre Karloff lying on the ground in this art gallery, dead, and his murderer, Mevlut Altintis, uh, shouting with his finger pointed in the air in defiance with his uh, and holding his handgun at his side. Well, why is it in the news? Well, a Turkish court has sentenced five people to jail for life over that murder. Now, again, Altintis himself was shot dead by police, uh, but apparently there were other people involved. Now, three of the convicted people were given two life sentences without parole, and the other two received one life sentence each, also without parole. Now, six other suspects were acquitted, while seven others were convicted of membership of an armed terrorist group. They didn't give any real details here. Meanwhile, President Turkish President uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan had said that Muslim religious leader Fethullah Gulen's movement was behind the assassination. That is a charge that Gulen has denied. You guys remember during that whole uh, attempted coup in Turkey and they blamed that Gulen cat and he was the Turkish exile who was living in America? You guys vaguely remember that? Yeah, that, it's that same guy. He's like the big bogeyman for everything that bad, bad happens in Turkey, I guess. Now, when this first happened, um, after a while, in 2018, Turkey indicted 28 people over the killing, again naming Fethullah Gulen as the prime suspect. And the suspects were charged with attempting to overthrow the constitutional order, membership of a terrorist organization, and of premeditated murder. So apparently some of that ring did end up going to prison. Okay. Now, let us go to France, you guys, and here's a, gr- here's a fantastic update that touches on so many topics that I'm fascinated in. Uh, it touches on uh, clashing of cultures, it touches on fake hate crimes, and the media, of course. Do you guys remember a few, uh, probably within the last couple months, 
the story of the teacher in France who was beheaded by the uh, by the pissed off Islam dad. You guys remember that? Because supposedly he was showing cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad in the class. I, I, I went into it on the podcast several months ago. Let's let's give a little backstory here. This was high school teacher Samuel Patti, who was killed on October 16th. Okay, so this was more than a few months ago. And the murder had followed an online hate campaign against Patti, started by a student's father after claims his daughter made about a lesson on free speech. Now, supposedly, again, in this lesson, Patti showed controversial depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. Well, guess fucking what, you guys? The unnamed girl has now admitted that she hadn't even attended the lesson and was actually off school that day. <laughs> That's right. Ah, uh, she made it all up. She made it all up. The girl's lawyer revealed that his 13-year-old client had confirmed that she actually did not attend the class. And why did she do this? Well, she has a history of behavioral problems, first of all. And the thinking is the, uh, the she was basically trying to not get in trouble at home. So she made up this fucking whole story. You believe this shit? And once this came out, you know, did the same fucking thing we always see, provoked outrage on social media. And Patty was beheaded on the street by a man of Chechen descent. The man was shot dead by police shortly after the attack. So, yeah, it's fucking sad, man. So this, the, her father went on social media, got everything all worked up against this teacher, and some fucking 18-year-old guy, Chechen, got so worked up about this, he went and fucking cut the dude's head off in the street. Wow. Yep, you gotta fucking be careful when... Uh, see, this is why... Don't, don't listen to fucking children, okay? Trust but verify. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. You're going to go fucking get all worked up over a 13-year-old girl's claims to the point where you're cutting a dude's head off in the street? Man, that's messed up. Okay, let's go to Brazil. Big news over there. A Supreme Court justice in Brazil this week tossed out several criminal cases against former Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, which restores his right now to seek the presidency again. Now, Da Silva was fucking one of these classic South American leftists, right? He led Brazil from 2003 to 2010. Now, he had been the frontrunner in the 2018 presidential contest that was eventually won by current President Jair Bolsonaro. But the Supreme Court in April of 2018 ruled that Da Silva could not appear on the ballot as a result of a conviction in a corruption case handed down in 2017. Well, they kind of threw that out. His political rights are now restored, and Silva is now widely expected to run against Bolsonaro in next year's presidential election. Now, this should be fantastic. This would be the equivalent of, like, Bernie running against Trump. Uh, you guys know, if you've been listening, Bolsonaro is that, uh, as the New York Times writes, polarizing far-right leader who pays homage to Brazil's military dictatorship. While Mr. Da Silva 
widely known as Lula in Brazil, is a former political prisoner who remains revered among poor Brazilians. Note the soft media bias there. Now, but Da Silva is 75 years old. His supporters have long argued that the criminal cases against him were politically motivated. Uh, and uh, what was it all about? Well, he was convicted of ex accepting a seaside apartment as part of a kickback scheme involving government contracts. So he was then sentenced to 12 years in prison. A Supreme Court ruling in November of 2019 allowed him to remain free while his appeals were pending. And uh, the federal judge who oversaw that case left the federal judiciary right after Bolsonaro took office and then joined Bolsonaro's cabinet as the justice minister. Hmm. So this week, a Supreme Court justice ruled that Mr. Da Silva should never have been prosecuted. The decision covers four criminal cases. It does not represent an acquittal of Da Silva. So uh, there we go. The decision of the judge to toss the cases stunned Brazil's political establishment, rattled the stock market, and set off a flurry of predictions about next year's presidential race. Yeah, this is going to be great. Can't wait for this. Da Silva was the highest profile target of a wide-ranging corruption investigation that began in 2014 and really fucked up Brazil's political and business establishment for many years. Uh, this crackdown was supported, initially at least, by many Brazilians because of that endemic culture of corruption. All right. Da Silva's defense got a major lift in June 2019 when Intercept Brazil, an online news site, published leaked messages exchanged among prosecutors and judges. And the messages showed that the, you know, some, of these, uh, uh, some of these judges were giving prosecutors tips and strategic guidance in violation of rules of conduct for judges in Brazil. So a little bit about Da Silva. He's a former union leader, again, big lib. He got his start in politics by challenging the military dictatorship that would imprison him, and he became a very popular leader. And he governed during a period when Brazil's economy was flourishing as commodity prices rose. He used that boom to lift millions of poor people out of poverty and expanded access to higher education. However, his administration was also dogged by corruption scandals. So there you go. I'm looking forward to that very much. I think the barbs exchanged on Twitter are going to be great. Now, another important update, you guys. You guys know here on World News with BK, we just don't do one-off stories. The important stories, the world-shattering stories, we fucking track closely, and uh, we make sure to give you guys an update on everything important. So, with that being said, everybody remember the important story of the doctor who killed his lover by putting the cocaine on his penis? Of course, you guys remember this. <laughs> this was Dr. Uh, Andreas David Niederbichler. And uh, he was the surgeon who was jailed after his lover only named, uh, they, they only name her as Yvonne M., overdosed on cocaine that he had sprinkled on his penis. And he was sentenced to nine years in jail in 2019 after he was found guilty of aggravated rape and bodily harm. Now, this was consensual. Um, just so I spell it out for you, once he sprinkled the cocaine on his penis, he then had Yvonne M. Uh, perform oral sex on him. Okay, am I painting the picture clear enough for you guys? 
Then she collapsed at his home and later died in the hospital. Now, as discovered, this was not the only time that Niederbickler, great name, had used cocaine in this way. Well, of course it's not. It's never the first time some dude sprinkles cocaine on his dick. I mean, come on. <laughs> never. Uh, he, had, uh, he had drugged and sexually assaulted three other women between September of 2015 and September of 2018. Uh, so... After he'd been sentenced, Yvonne's family pursued him in a civil lawsuit for wrongful death. And now he has been ordered to provide the uh, compensation. Now, so he's he's defending himself a little bit. He's saying, look, this is all consensual. Speaking to a German newspaper, The Bild, Niederbickler denied drugging any of his victims without their knowledge. He claimed, quote, I was looking for a special kick. And they took pot. End quote. Spot on impression right there, you guys. He sounds exactly like that. So again, we keep you up to date on the important stories. I know you guys demanded. I would not give you anything else. Now, how about a little stimulus bill news? I know it's very exciting. Yes, it has been signed by Sleepy Joe Biden. And uh, let's see what is in here. Congress did give final approval to Biden's sweeping nearly $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Uh, the vote was 220 to 211 in the House. I believe uh, it was. It was unanimously opposed by the Republicans. This is one of the largest injections of federal aid since the Great Depression. It would provide another round of direct payments for Americans. We'll get into that in a minute. An extension of federal jobless benefits and billions of dollars to distribute coronavirus vaccines and provide for relief for schools, states, tribal governments, and small businesses. Uh, so, what uh, else is in here? I'm just going to go around here. Here we go. Uh, the measure will provide $350 billion alone for state, local, and tribal governments. There's the big bailout. $10 billion for critical state infrastructure projects, $14 billion for the distribution of vaccines, and $130 billion to primary and secondary schools. So between the state governments and the teachers' unions, that's what? $350 plus $130 is $480 billion. That's like basically 25% of it right there. The bill also includes $30 billion for transit agencies. <laughs> And then finally, yes, it does provide another round of direct payments to American taxpayers. It will send checks of up to $1,400 to individuals making up to $80,000 a year. Single parents earning $120,000 or less. And couples with household incomes of no more than $160,000. So, yay, there you go. All right, what else? Let's keep going here a little bit. And, well, I've got a, so, so Sleepy Joe did a kind of a little uh, victory lap here, and he, he addressed the nation. Now, I did not watch this live. I had really no interest in doing it. Uh, so he decided to go on there and say, like, help is on the way. And, oh, by the way, um, he started talking about the coronavirus. So here is a few clips of this where he says there's only a chance for small gatherings four months from now. It's if we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, 
by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate <laughs> Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups right. will be able to get together after this long, hard year. Okay, let me stop there. First of all, okay, it, does, is he unaware, really, that... Do you, does he think people have not been gathering? <laughs> oh, they're delusional. Yeah, nobody's been gathering in groups at all. You, you got it, you got it, Joe. Uh, here he is saying, uh, hey, I might have to reinstate these lockdowns if things get worse. National unity. And national unity isn't just how politics and politicians vote in Washington what the loudest voices say on cable or online. Unity is what we do together as fellow Americans. Because if we don't stay vigilant and the conditions change, then we may have to reinstate restrictions to get back on track. And please, we don't want to do that again. Yeah, and you know what? Nobody's, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. These state governors, believe me, they're feeling the heat and they're not going to fucking listen to Sleepy Joe if he tries to reinstate some uh, national lockdown. Uh, let's see, what else? Do I have any more clips of uh, old Joe here? Oh, yeah, here's one more of him. Uh, here he is taking credit for the vaccine uh, by himself. Here we Two go. months ago, the country, this country didn't have nearly enough vaccine supply to vaccinate all or ever near all of the American public. But soon we will. We've been working with vaccine manufacturers... Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, to manufacture and purchase hundreds of millions of doses of these three safe, effective vaccines. And now, at the direction and with the assistance of my administration, Johnson & Johnson is working together with a competitor, Merck, to speed up and increase the capacity to manufacture New Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which was one shot. Okay. You know what? I, I stand by my prediction, you guys, that when this is all said and done, we are going to have tens of millions of unused vaccines that the taxpayers paid for sitting on a shelf because a lot of people don't want to get it. And I'm pro-vaccine. I take no joy in saying this. But we've already had like tens of millions of people vaccinated. And a lot of people don't want to get it, particularly young, otherwise healthy people. And why would they when it's like a 99.98% chance that they'll be just fine? So we're spending It's like this is like panic spending. You know, just throw regardless, you know, the stimulus bill, buying hundreds of millions of doses of vaccine, whatever. And as long if it ends up sitting on a shelf, what do they care? It's not their money. It's your money. So from there, we might as well go into our uh, coronavirus update as long as we're talking about it. And let's go ahead and take a look at the latest numbers here. So as far as United States cases, we have uh, 29.3 million confirmed cases in the United States. That is a minus 19% change in the last two weeks. And deaths continue to fall as well. We have a total amount of deaths since the pandemic began of 532,058. And that is a minus 35% change in the last two weeks. In addition, the hospitalization rate has a minus 26% change. So it continues to fall. 
not as rapidly as it did a few months ago. Uh, but that is uh, very good indeed. People are just over it anyway. March did begin with some of the lowest case numbers the country had seen last fall. The pace of progress, as I just said, has slowed a little bit. Now, while many states have continued to see significant declines in new cases, others, especially on the East Coast, have seen infections plateau. Daily death reports continue to fall steadily from their peak earlier this year. But again, thousands of people continue to die from the virus. The pace of vaccinations is continuing. It is kind of, I believe it's over 2 million doses on average each day. And now with three different vaccines in circulation, many states are expanding eligibility for the shots, including saying, which I think they should have done a long time ago, just saying, hey, anybody 65 and over, come get it. And now some states are even being like, hey, if you're if you want it, come get it. Period. We haven't we have that much. So very good news. Uh, New Jersey still pretty hot. New York still pretty hot. Rhode Island that's where deaths are kind of uh, staying pretty high. Scrolling down here and let's go to the live updates page now and get some of the latest tangential coronavirus. Stories also, um, let me scroll down here. Spring breakers are flocking to Florida, and now the media is engaged in a full-blown panic over that. Like, you know, every time there's a fucking event, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Super Bowl, the fucking media has to, like, panic and write the doomsday stories. Oh, super spreader, you guys, very scary. And sure enough, they're doing it now. So spring breakers are plowing into Florida. And hey, if you want to go, then go. And if you don't, fucking don't. So they're uh, booming. Florida is not saying no because they have a $2.7 billion budget deficit. Orange County, home of Orlando, Florida, saw the lowest tourist development tax collections for any January since 2002. Uh, let's see, more than 400 workers at a Tesla plant in California did test positive for the coronavirus between last May and December. That was uh, according to public health data that was released. Not sure that's why that's on the breaking news here. Uh, thousands of people did gather in South London on Saturday for a vigil in tribute to Sarah Everard, a 33-year-old woman whose body was found on Friday despite police warnings that the event would defy coronavirus restrictions. Uh, I have more on that story a little bit later. It's a fucking huge deal over in the UK. Uh, more on the vaccination. More than 345 million doses of COVID-19 have been administered worldwide in three months. Now, there's obviously a big disparity in the vaccination rates between countries. Israel is at the top. They have 50% of 58% of their population having had received at least one dose of either the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine and 46% of their population having received both doses. Uh, Chile had a slow start, but they are now making swift progress with at least a quarter of their population having received at least one dose. Uh, the UK in Britain, more than one third of their population have received at least one dose that is far ahead of any of their European counterparts. Uh, let's see what else you can see some big differences when you comparing continents, 
in North America, 18 doses have been administered for every 100 people, while in South America, there have been just 4.9 doses per 100 people. Many African nations have yet to start vaccinations with less than one dose administered per 100 people. Okay. What else do we have here? Um, U.S. death rate remains high, even though coronavirus cases are trending downward. Kind of already covered that. China is asking their visa applicants to get inoculated with Chinese-made vaccines. So if you want to go to China... You will face fewer paperwork requirements if you uh, if you uh, consent to getting the Chinese-made coronavirus vaccine. Chinese-made vaccines, by the way, have not yet been approved by most regulators in the West, although Hungary has agreed to buy 5 million doses. And also this week, China introduced an international electronic passport for its citizens that shows whether a traveler has been vaccinated against the coronavirus. Hmm. There you go, the digital passport. And let's see, just to round out our coronavirus, guys, a, quick, a, quick, a few quick stories, and I'm going to go ahead and say I told you so on this one. It wasn't any because I'm such some genius, although I am fucking a genius. I mean, I, honestly, you guys, let's fucking call it what it is. Not only the jacked body, the ab veins, the ridiculous tan that is found nowhere in nature upon, except upon my body, nobody else has the mental acuity to go two and a half hours straight through no breaks, no editing. I'm the only guy who's capable of doing it. All the, every other podcast is like five yokels bantering at each other. This is the only one who's got the cojones to do it solo, and everybody knows it. And further, the steel trap mind, you guys, told you a long time ago, what is the best way of warding yourself against any kind of virus? Ring a bell? And I told you, Maintain your jacked and tanned lifestyle, your washboard abs, your 19-inch rippling python biceps. I told you, you maintain that, you're going to have a fine time with the coronavirus and it's not going to be a big deal. And now some validation. Headline, CDC study finds about 78% of people hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese. There you go. There you fucking go. We collapsed our economy because we had shitloads of fat people who got sick. There, there he, that's, that's it. Uh, and nobody else in the media has the balls to tell you guys that statement, what I just said. And that, But that's the truth. I only speak the truth. I know. I, I deliver it in a harsh way sometimes because I'm trying to cut through all the nonsense that's out there. Oh, and don't even get me started on the fucking fat acceptance people. Holy fuck, dude. I had a story actually queued up, just sidebar. And I, I'm not going to even bother doing it, but it's some like fat chick who, who calls herself the fat sex therapist or something, and she goes around and gets paid shitloads of money from all the social justice warriors at universities. And I, I mistakenly checked out her Instagram page, and I fucking wanted to pour bleach into my eyes. Let me just put it this way. Yes, there are nudes. And... uh it's pretty fucking unpleasant. Anyway, back to my point, though. That's right. 78% of people who have been hospitalized, needed a ventilator, or died from COVID-19 have been overweight or obese. Now, let's parse those statistics a little bit. Just over 42% of the U.S. population was considered obese in 2018. That's the most recent data available. 
Overweight is defined as having a body mass index of 25 or more, while obesity is defined as having a BMI of 30 or more. Now, yes, I know there are problems with the body mass index because you can be short and jacked, and by the BMI, you would be considered overweight or obese. So, yes, I, I, mean, I am aware there are problems. However, let us stipulate that the majority of people aren't in that category. The majority of people with high BMIs are just fucking fat. So, yeah, they uh, did a study here, and this is according to the Center for Disease Control, the U.S. government, so this isn't some fucking blog. Uh, among 148,494 adults who received a COVID-19 diagnosis during an emergency department or inpatient visit at 238 U.S. hospitals from March to December, 71,491 of that 148,000 plus were hospitalized. Of those who were admitted, 27.8% were overweight and 50.2% were obese. And then further, the CDC found the risk for hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and deaths was lowest among individuals with BMIs under 25. There you go. Fucking the most obvious thing ever. Remember I was saying this shit back at like it fucking in last June. And then further, kind of continuing in the same vein, nearly 90% of all coronavirus fatalities worldwide have occurred in countries with high obesity levels. That's why really Africa hasn't really been hit that hard with deaths. Death rates were 10 times higher in countries such as the U.S. where at least 50% of the total population is overweight. And this was according to a World Health Organization-backed study. Weight is now believed to be the second biggest predictor of severe illness from the virus after age. And they did say a total... They examined data from John Hopkins University and the World Health Organization, and this data showed that a total of 2.2 million of the 2.5 million deaths worldwide were in countries with high levels of obesity. As a matter of fact, researchers did not find any examples of high COVID-19 death rates in countries where less than 40% of the population was overweight. Like, And here's another, specifically, Vietnam has the lowest coronavirus death rate in the world and the second lowest level of overweight people at just 0.04 deaths per 100,000 people. And they only have 18% of adults who are considered overweight. By contrast, the UK has the third highest COVID-19 death rate in the world and the fourth highest obesity rate. Yep. Uh, no, but, but nobody wanted to say this out loud. No doctor wanted to go on TV and say, hey, if you're a big fat fuck, you might as want to stop stuffing shit into your pie hole and go for a walk. You might want to do that. No, they didn't want to do that, though. And then amusingly enough, uh, someone of you guys sent me this story. A 69-year-old from Ohio, a man, was uh, diagnosed with coronavirus. And he had an interesting side effect. He suffered a three-hour erection after coronavirus caused a blood clot in his penis. Hmm. He was admitted to Miami Valley Hospital in August. Oh, here we go. Next sentence. The patient who was obese. <laughs> See? 
was sedated, put on a ventilator, his condition deteriorated, and his lungs started to fail. Medics then placed him down in the prone position for 12 hours as an emergency technique to get, help get air around his body. Well, when he was turned on to his back later in the afternoon, nurses noticed that he had developed an erection. They did say that they believed COVID had caused blood clots in his penis. An ice pack was applied to the penis, trying to bring the swelling down, but the stiffness persisted for three hours. Doctors then had to drain the blood from his penis using a needle. God. Wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall in that OR? Can you imagine the nurse the nurse banter? And yeah, I know. Everybody, we all try to be professional. But imagine you work in a hospital day in and day out. There's going to be some gallows humor. Yes, I give a full pass to all of my wonderful uh, frontline hospital and first responder workers. Absolutely. And I don't care if you're caught on tape uh, making some crude jokes. Yeah. They said, ooh, interesting. Uh, by the way, this patient did end up dying. Again, don't be fat. They said the uh, the hospital, they kind of did a post-mortem here, and they said that the corpora cavernosa, those are the chambers of tissue inside the penis, were rigid, yet the tip was flaccid. Hmm. The man was diagnosed with low-flow priaprism. When blood becomes trapped in the erection chambers, however, then the tip stays flaccid. So that's fascinating. All right, like I said, and I'm guys, I'm not trying to be cruel here, okay? I know fat people. I'm trying to help you, but I'm not going to help you by soft-pedaling nonsense and saying, no, you're beautiful just the way you are. No, you're not. You're obese, and you're fat, and you're a risk for all kinds of underlying health issues, including diabetes, asthma, et cetera, et cetera. Your, your belly fat weighs on your heart. It causes tremendous stress to your heart. There's no such thing as fit and fat, okay? Dispel that nonsense right now. It's a total lie. I'm trying to help you. If I have to be crude to cut through the nonsense, so fucking be it. This is not a finishing school. Now, let us continue here. And I mentioned the uh, I mentioned the killing of that girl in the UK. So why don't we slide right into that? And again, this was Sarah Everhard, and a police officer was charged with kidnapping and murdering Sarah Everhard, who was a marketing executive who went missing in South London last week. So why is this a big deal? Well, it was one of those like seminal events. Who can predict it? The basically her disappearance kind of touched off a national outcry over violence against women. Now the Metropolitan Police said that this officer, who's been named as 48-year-old Wayne Cousins, would appear in court today, Saturday, to face the charges. So they found a body this week in a wooded area in southeast England that was definitively identified as Ms. Everard's. So in a matter of days, her case had come to symbolize a long-standing problem that many women said plagues Britain and could no longer be ignored. That, at home or in public spaces, many women are not safe. That's right. Uh, one uh, member of parliament read out the names of 118 women who were killed over the last year in cases in which a man was convicted or charged in the case. I say it's, this is kind of common. All right, so uh, anything specific about this? Everard, the victim, had left a friend's house in South London around 9 p.m. on March 3rd. She was last seen on a closed-circuit television camera at 9.30 in a residential area. Well, she never got home. 
So then the remains of a body were discovered in Kent by the police. And uh, this is kind of just, like I said, kind of touched off this uh, big outcry. According to End Violence Against Women, a coalition of researchers and organizers, more than 500,000 women are sexually assaulted every year in Britain. And one in five women will be subjected to sexual assault during her lifetime. And now the arrest of this guy Cousins, who is a recent hire by the cops, he joined the Metropolitan Police in 2018, has added a sense of anger and insecurity. Like, hey, even the cops are doing this? Hmm. Oh, interesting. The Metropolitan Police now is facing scrutiny after a police watchdog group announced that it was investigating whether two officers had responded appropriately to an allegation of indecent exposure against him. (laughs) That alleged incident happened on February 28th at a fast food restaurant uh, in South London. Uh, it remains unclear why Cousins was not suspended following the incident. They don't. That's all they have on the alleged indecent exposure incident. So we'll leave it there. Sad story. Now, speaking of indecent exposure, let us go to the UK. Let's uh, let's stay in the UK area and go over to Ireland. God, this, this, I can't. I told you guys on Twitter that this week was bad. A priest and a school chaplain has been convicted of masturbating in a car besides a, beside a popular Galway beach. This was Father Jerry Carey. Oh, that's a suspicious name right there. If Names that rhyme, suspicious. If you have a first name and last name that rhyme together, I'm just going to side-eye you. I'll just tell you that right now. So get it changed. He was only given a one-month prison sentence. And his prison sentence was suspended. So I guess he got off pun intended, with a very light sentence. And he was a school chaplain at an all-girls secondary school. (laughs) Oh, no. So the district court received a report from a member of the public, or they they heard the police report. What happened was the cops, sorry guys, this is written kind of poorly, it's in a British tabloid. They received a report that from a member of the public that a man was masturbating in his car besides a popular beside a popular beach and swimming temperature. And this was a hot day, so naturally people were going to go swimming. His lawyer said he had traveled up there and was under a lot of stress due to health issues. And there were many families there as the good father fucking Jerry Carey is wailing away on himself. Very good. And let us stay even more in the UK and go to Scotland. And I think I'm I'm pretty sure I touched on this a long time ago. This was a store manager in Scotland. And he's in the news because he was given community service. This is 26-year-old Jordan Clark. Why was he given community service? Well, he admitted debasing colleagues' belongings in the staff break room. (laughs) And what does that mean? I think you guys know where I am going with this. Jordan Clark carried out sex acts on female workers' shoes and into a 
bowl of soup. That's right. He somehow dodged jail. What? How come none of these guys go to jail? I mean, this is a I, this is a serious crime. I don't. To me, it's a serious crime. Oh, and by the way, Clark also admitted possessing child abuse images. How is he not in jail? I don't know. Very strange. And then even more depravity for you guys. And yes, I know for sure I remember this one. Do you guys remember this? When did this happen exactly? This was, um, this was, okay, this was in October of 2019. So like over a year ago. Do you remember the guy who fucking jacked off in the Target onto the Olaf doll? Olaf is the character from Frozen. This was the 22-year-old Florida man who took the stuffed unicorn and an Olaf doll from the Disney blockbuster Frozen and promptly pleasured himself, finished, yes, he finished, and then placed the dolls back on the shelf. Yes, he was rubbing his genitals against this two stuffed animals. And by the way, if you Google hard enough, there is closed circuit video where you, you can kind of see it because store security video did capture him He's a big dude, too. Six foot two, 220 pounds. He's wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. There you go. Fucking little kid mindset right there. He showed no signs of drug or alcohol use. And uh, sadly, they did have to destroy the Olaf dolls. Now, why is this back in the news? Well, it's because he's now been ordered to undergo a psych evaluation. So there you go. There's your update. Where no doubt he'll be found uh, crazy. That's my layman's term for it. And then he won't have to go to jail. And then I'm sure he'll be right fucking back in a target, slaying away, jizzing all over your children's fucking stuffed animals. Gross. Okay. What else do I got for you? Let's go to Indonesia, a little more world news. A tourist bus plummeted into a ravine on Indonesia's main island of Java after its brakes apparently malfunctioned. It killed at least 26 people and injured 35 others. The bus was carrying a group of Islamic junior high school students and their parents from the West Java province town of Subang to a pilgrimage site in the province's Tasik Malaya district. They say the bus was on a winding road and it then plunged into a 65-foot ravine after the driver lost control of the vehicle in an area with a number of uh, sharp declines. So they're still investigating the cause of the accident, but survivors told authorities that the uh, vehicle's brakes apparently malfunctioned. So very, very sad. 26 bodies and 35 injured people were taken to a hospital and a nearby health clinic. Uh, yeah, that's no good. And it's not the first time something like this has happened in Indonesia. In December of 2019, 35 people were killed when a passenger bus fell into a 262-foot ravine and crashed into a fast-flowing river. And then in early 2018, 27 people were killed after a packed tourist bus plunged from a hill in West Java. Slow down on the hills, boys. Okay. What else do I have here? Let's go to this one. A Georgetown law professor was fired because she went, she was on a Zoom conversation and she basically said like, um, and she was apparently upset about it. She said uh, most of her 
uh, African-American students were all in the bottom part of her class. And she has now been fired. Again, this was a professor at George Washington, at Georgia, Georgetown University. Her name is Sandra Sellers. And she's discussing student performance when she says, quote, I end up having this angst every semester that a lot of my lower ones are blacks. Happens almost every semester. And she was on a Zoom call. Apparently she thought uh, the public part was over. Guess what? It wasn't. And she's now been fired. And the funny thing is Georgetown is not releasing any data to show whether she was like, you know, correct or not. I do have the phone call here. So why don't we go ahead and play this from Sellers. Here we go. We're a bit jumbled. Yeah. <laughs> Some best way I can put it. It's like, okay, let me reason through that. What you just said. Yeah, unfortunately. And you know what? I hate to say this. I end up having this, you know, angst every semester that a lot of my lower ones are blacks. Happens almost every semester. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, get some really good ones, but they're also usually some that are just plain at the bottom. It drives me crazy. Yep. Okay, so there, there's the call. Okay, so well, are they or not? <laughs> is it so? Because if they're not, then clearly that is very racist. But if the bottom students in all of her classes are African American for whatever reason, then okay, let's see the data. Georgetown's not saying anything. All right, we'll have more, much more racism later. I've got some good stuff for you. I got a lot of fucking. Uh, I've got a lot of good audio. Uh, what do we do here? Let's, oh, how about this? Let's go to Minneapolis and talk about the George Floyd case. Well, get this. The city of Indianapolis has now agreed yesterday, Friday, to pay $27 million to the family of George Floyd. Of course, the black man whose death set off months of protest after a video showed a white police officer kneeling on his neck. This is among the largest ever of its kind. It's certainly the largest in the city of Minneapolis's history. And it came as the officer in question, Derek Chauvin, was set to go on trial this month for charges including second-degree murder. Uh, hapless, effeminate, soy boy mayor Jacob Fry called the agreement a milestone for Minneapolis's future. What the fuck does that even mean? You're just handing over you're handing over $27 million of your residents' tax money? Yeah, it's a milestone, all right. I wouldn't call it a good one. Benjamin Crump, the civil rights grifter who I mean, sorry, civil rights lawyer who is among those representing Floyd's family said it could set an example for other communities. So yeah, I bet. I bet it can. And and charging into those communities will be fucking Benjamin Crump. Fucking with his uh, implicit threats of, hey, you better give us a good amount. Wouldn't want any riots to happen, would you? Yeah. Meanwhile, whole city blocks in Minneapolis remain in smoldering ruins. But they got fucking $27 million to hand to George Floyd's family. And again, if you guys want to go back and listen to the podcast at the time, I did, uh, I did not care for Officer Chauvin's technique. And I think he definitely should have been kicked off the force and reprimanded, um, perhaps charged. Yes, I did agree with all that. Uh, but then I watched the deification of George Floyd, who is, again, a lifelong criminal and a convicted felon, an armed robber, 
an assaulter, and I watched the fucking media turn him into some fucking saint, and it made my stomach turn, honestly. I watched the Houston Police Department, where George Floyd was from, give him a hero's funeral, televised. I watched police officers saluting his fucking casket. That's something that's usually reserved for officers killed in the line of duty or had a tremendous career and served their community well or fallen military heroes, and you fucking salute a lifetime druggie and armed robber. Okay. Again, sorry what happened to him, and there should be consequences for bad police work like that. But that was fucking absurd, and everybody knows it. Nobody has the balls to say it. Except me in this podcast. I'm the only one. I don't care. I'll be the only one. I'm fine with that. I revel in it. Bring it. What else about here? Legal experts actually said this agreement might make it harder to seat an impartial jury in the case against Chauvin. They're they're still working on that, seating the jury, by the way. It might take a few more weeks. And uh, recall that uh, in Minneapolis, a police station and many, many businesses were burned. Most of them have never come back over several nights of unrest. At a news conference, shyster lawyer Crump said the agreement would allow the healing to begin in the city. Yeah, okay. Okay. What else about here? Two years ago, Minneapolis had agreed to pay $20 million to the family of Justine I'm going to butcher this last name, Ruzik. She was that white yoga instructor who was fatally shot by Mohammed Noor. That was the Minneapolis police officer, the Somali guy. Remember that? Excluding that one case, the agreement with the Floyd family is larger than the city's combined settlements related to policeman misconduct from the year 2006 to 2020. So 14 years of police misconduct settlements didn't even match this one settlement of the George Floyd case. Wow. (laughs) Residents have expressed concern that their taxes are subsidizing payments for the misconduct of the police. Yeah, I bet. I bet they are. And it seems that these are only going up because with, with, with more social media and with threats of riots, the police payouts now are going up. Louisville, Kentucky just agreed to pay $12 million to the family of Brianna Taylor. That was the woman who was shot and killed in her apartment a year ago. And then five years before that, the family of Freddie Gray reached a $6.4 million settlement with Baltimore after he was fatally injured in police custody. And then in 2015, New York agreed to pay $5.9 million to the family of Eric Garner, who died after a police officer used a chokehold on him. Now, I have a clip here, which I was fascinated by. And it's a, one of these independent news outlets. So it's a guy who's trying to report on a George Floyd murder. He's got his camera set up. And basically, they have an autonomous zone around where the George Floyd Memorial is. And these activists, and you're going to hear them talk, won't let people in there. Then they've discussed that they've basically turned this place into a no-go zone. And because they have a weak, flaccid mayor, Jacob Fry, the soy boy, they just won't send the police in here and clean the garbage out. So anyway, the first part of this, it's a two-part video. The first part is this guy standing there, and you're going to hear these activists come up and say, hey, you better get the hell out of here. And then the second part is the guy, the, the same news guy, interviewing a murder victim's mother, who a guy who was murdered inside this autonomous zone, and the mom says the cops weren't even allowed to go in there and get him. So let's listen to this the clip behind here. behind me uh, is the George Floyd Memorial. This is where George Floyd was killed back in May. Take a look. Um, 
These barricades have been set up by, uh, by protesters and supporters of the movement. Uh, they don't allow anyone in, not even the police. It's called an autonomous zone. Uh, and you're going to be in a bad situation here in a second. Oh, I thought if we were on this side of the barricade, you're going to be in a bad situation in a second. What do you mean by Because you've been called out for what you are, and you need to get out of here. Please go. You know, we know what you are. You need to get in your car and go. We're just media. I don't give a f who you are. You've been called out for who you are. You need to get in your car and go. It's very tense near the memorial. Got chased out. Militant-style group has closed off several blocks with barricades. What's the situation at the Here's memorial? Here's the mom. The situation at the memorial is, um, from what I understand, is kind of volatile. Um, people that want to go and support um, doesn't feel a sense of inclusion. Um, there is more of a like militant type atmosphere over there and a sense of fear. Kim Griffin supports police reform and was outside the courthouse protesting Floyd's death, but she does not agree with what's happening at the memorial. Her nephew, 28-year-old Inez Wright, was shot and killed there over the weekend. Were police able to get in and, and help him? Or police were not allowed to get into that area. He was carried out of, outside the zone of George Floyd Square. But not allowed by who? I mean, they're the police. The, uh, the law enforcement it was made clear law enforcement was not welcome to penetrate that zone, which is an atrocity because his life was taken. And I mean, who knows whether or not he would have survived had things been different. Okay, so, so and I will point out that the two uh, fucking dorks who came up and harassed the newsman were both uh, pasty white. They were masked up, but you could tell they were pasty white incel. One was a chick. She looked like a fucking pear. And nevertheless, this guy felt so intimidated he had to run off. And I would also point out that the young man who was shot and killed in there, who they would not allow the police to come get, was African-American. And his aunt, who you heard in the clip, not the mother, sorry, is also African-American. But you know what? If you don't care, I don't give a fuck. Then I don't give a fuck. If I was mayor, I'd send the police in there. I would be handing out myself. I'd be handing out the four-foot fucking billy clubs. You guys know the big ones, the good riot ones? And fucking I'd be right in front of them saying, all right, boys, here we go. Let's march right in and clean out the riffraff. And by the way, fucking weapons free. <laughs> like, you know what? I'll take the heat. Go ahead. I'll let the media fucking cry to me. And I won't give a shit. And that's all you have to do. You have to have a mayor who has some uh, testosterone and some intestinal fortitude to stand up against these fucking incel Antifa losers. But you don't have that Minneapolis, do you? Of course not. So, there you go. Now, what else? Let us go to the border. As we've been covering the recent border surge, and now Sleepy Joe is facing a challenge because thousands of migrant children are backed up in United States detention facilities along the border with Mexico. And the number of migrant children in custody along the border has tripled in the past two weeks to more than 3,250, and many of them are being held in, get this, jail-like facilities. <laughs> Or, if you like, kids in cages. Jail-like facilities. That's fantastic. And they are being held in these facilities for longer than the three days allowed by law. 
Under the law, the children are supposed to be moved to shelters run by the Health and Human Services Department. But because of the pandemic, the shelters until last week were limited, limiting how many children they could accommodate. Border agents encountered a migrant at the border about 78,000 times in January alone. That was more than double the rate at the same time a year ago and higher than any January in a decade. Gee, what could have changed? Do you think it was the message from the administration that we're going to let everyone in and not deport anyone? I don't know. (laughs) And in February, they announced that there were close to 100,000 arrests just in the month of February. And since March 1st, they've already arrested 19,000. And God knows how many have slipped through. These are just arrests. Wow. That's right. The message has been received. And uh, this is just the, this is what the fucking administration, they did this all to themselves because they were in a fucking frenzy to undo everything that the orange man did. And one of the few things the orange man did efficiently was lower and drastically cracked on an illegal immigration. I don't care if you hate him or not. He definitely did. So there you go. Now they're releasing hundreds of migrant families into the United States. Of course, uh, they have about a 6% coronavirus positivity rate. It's funny. They'll shriek at you for not wearing a mask for fucking three minutes uh, inside a store, outside a, in a, outside a store in a line. But the fucking libs have no problem with tens of thousands of illegal immigrants flooding in who are testing positive coronavirus. And Biden is not applying that pandemic emergency rule to children. Which means the United States is responsible for caring for them until they are placed with a sponsor. This is never going to fucking end until you send the message. And it doesn't mean like you sending vague bureaucracy speak from a podium. It means you go down there and you hold a press conference and say, Hey, don't fucking come here. And if you do, we're going to put your ass on a plane and we're going to send you right back. And then do that. Like, actually, even better, hold the press conference on the runway in front of a plane that is being loaded with deportees. That would send a message. They're never going to do that, of course. That would be mean. Uh, So some of the other stuff. I just got a few tabs here. What else about uh, this? Oh, remember, they gave $4 billion to Central America, too. Yeah, what? That's going to vanish into the black hole. I can't believe they say the same tired shit. Oh, we have to invest in Central America and Mexico. That's the reason the migrants are coming. So if we send tons and tons of tax money to those countries, then they'll stop coming. They actually believe that. And then, of course, we do. And the money goes to corrupt leftist Latin American and South American fucking politicians. And it's never seen from again because they take all the money and they don't give any of it to the poor people. Oh, yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Again, illegal border crossings highest since 2006. Uh, that uh, that almost 100,000 in February broke many records. That was almost three times the level of one year earlier. Again, the highest since 2006. And you probably saw going around on Twitter, there's like long lines of illegals just waiting across the Rio Grande. And just fucking go, go, go for it. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? If you, if you were, I would do too. If you knew that you were going to come in, they were going to welcome you in 
and uh, settle you, and you weren't going to be deported unless you committed some fucking heinous crime, and it would have to be a heinous crime. And no, you won't be deported for drunk driving or anything else, as we've gone over. Then why wouldn't you come? Uh, let's see. What else are my tabs here? Migrant families keep coming. Officials think at least 39,000 more were undetected. That's on top of the 100,000 that were arrested. This is huge. this is basically the biggest fucking surge we've had since uh, 2006. ICE is even asking for volunteers to send to the border. And remember, this was after the stupid new Department of Homeland Security chief that I played on the podcast a week ago, Mayorkas, that guy. Remember, he was saying like, no, no, this isn't a crisis. This is fine. We're not saying don't come now. <laughs> that dork. Yeah, that same guy a week ago was like, no, this is fine. Well, now the fucking same the group ice is asking for volunteers to send to the border to fucking try to uh, work this. They say one Texas migrant complex is seven times over its capacity. Wow. Yep. And what are they coming to? They're going to come to a place where there aren't any jobs for very poor people. So all these poor people are going to cram into these LA apartments, you know, tend to an apartment where these massive coronavirus outbreaks have taken place. And uh, this will just keep going. Um, yeah, that's right. And remember, this comes on top of Biden kind of giving the illegal immigrants a way to avoid arrest by ICE agents. Now, you can actually, if you're an illegal immigrant and you're arrested by ICE agent and they want to deport you, you can actually go through a review process. Yeah, you can challenge your arrest and your detainment if you don't believe you meet the convicted, aggravated felon, terrorist, gang member, or national security threat standard. So, yeah, that's right. So if you And the agents, they're government. And I love my ICE agents, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to do a ton of paperwork for guys they know their superiors are not going to let them deport. So they're just going to cut them loose. And this is going to include drunk drivers, child molesters, thieves, people who assault people, People who beat people up, all that. You're, you get a pass. You're going to get a pass. And why are they doing all this? The oldest reason in the world. Because they're going to let them all in, and then they're going to give them the big amnesty, and boom! Millions and millions of more voters. And even if you don't get the big amnesty, you let them all in anyway. They have lots of children who are American citizens because they're born on U.S. soil, and those children, according to polling and data that we have over decades, will overwhelmingly vote for Democrats. So that's what it's all about. I mean, it's fucking clear as day. It's fucking obvious. Um, I have a few clips from uh, the hapless Biden administration. Let's start with uh, Jen Psaki, Biden's press secretary. She can't answer if illegal immigrants who test positive are actually uh, quarantining. But based on what you have said before and our understanding of the policy, it's just guidance that these migrants who test positive, many of them are instructed, you should go and quarantine and isolate. Do you know, does the administration know how many actually do versus how many actually just go off? Zero. Zero. Well, I just wanted to convey, because I know you were asking a good question here, that the very specific processes that are taken for each scenario. Um, and certainly there are, um, you know, with these with the individuals who are coming across, alternatives who are 
treated with, again, noted sometimes ankle bracelets as they come across while they're waiting for uh, adjudication of their cases. Um, those are the steps that are taken. Those are the recommendations that are made. And I just noted that testing is a proposal. There's a proposal. Just uh, fuck see. It's all just fucking nonsense. It's all filibustering into nonsense. I'll answer that question for you. The question is, excuse me, how many of these illegal immigrants who are caught, given a COVID test, and then released to await their court date, who test positive for COVID do actually go into a 14 day quarantine before moving on into the United States. That was the question. And I have the answer for you. Zero. What? 100% of the illegal immigrants who test positive for COVID and then are then released by ice, then continue on their merry way by plane, train or automobile into the United States, spreading the COVID wherever they go. Garen fucking deed. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, hapless Jen Psaki some more. Let's uh, we certainly also recognize that because the president and our administration has made a decision that the way to humanely approach immigration is to allow for, um, you know, uh, for unaccompanied minors to come and be treated with humanity and, and there be, you go. Uh, come on be, in. Uh, in, in, in safe uh, place uh, while we're considering, uh, while we're trying to get them into new home, into homes and sponsored homes that uh, that some more may have come to our border. And there have been, of course, a, a, a large flow of children across the border. We recognize that, but we, that is that we made a policy decision because we felt it was the humane approach. But so what are you going to do about it, dummy? What are you going to do? Great. So we all agree. Yes, there's a massive increase in illegal immigrants. So what are you going to do about it? Nothing is the answer. Absolutely nothing. And why? Again, because they don't they want this. This is the whole point. Oh, here. Oh, this should be good. She's asked why border facilities for migrants are fully open, but U.S. schools still aren't. Great question. They are not all back from an administration position or from your perspective. Have the Border Patrol unions and the HHS unions been easier to work with than the teachers unions? I, I think that's a, a little bit of mixing different circumstances. Uh, I would say that uh, it's, it's children all in tight quarters. Uh, I, I mean, a classroom. <laughs> Not quite. Not, uh, uh, not quite. Not quite. I would she say laughed. that. Let, let's let's take a responsible approach to the two issues. Okay. One is schools reopening. There's been eight mitigation steps that have been announced by the CDC <laughs> to implement. <right? laughs> mitigation Every steps. See all the. Where do they go to learn this jargon? Where did Jen Psaki go? What what school did she go to, to learn all of her fucking jargon and blathering? And it's all to make you so fucking bored that you change the channel, and it works. That's why bureaucrats do it. Now, this one's funny. This is Roberta Jacobson, another spokeshole, and she tries to switch to Spanish. And it's funny because what she, what she meant to say was, I believe it's very important to highlight that the border is closed. That's what she meant to say. Except her Spanish, and she, she's white-looking, but her name is Roberta. I don't know. She looks like an old white lady to me. But she says it wrong in Spanish, and actually, when you translate what she actually says, it says, I believe it's important to highlight that the border is not closed. Let's hear this Spanish here. Yo creo que es muy importante subrayar el caso que, que la frontera no está cerrada. <laughs> no está cerrada. That means is not closed in Espanol. Work on your fucking Espanol, Roberta. Even I could say that one. My Espanol is pretty good for a gavacho. That's a white boy in Spanish. 
Uh, anything else about the fucking border here? Yeah, that's all I got for you guys. So the fucking meltdown is continuing and it's never going to end because it's not intended to end. Okay, let's jump here to California. We're talking about some politics and let's talk about my beloved governor, hapless Governor Gavin Newsom. The recall effort is steaming right along. They have had over 2 million signatures now for supporters of the recall. And uh, yeah, it looks like we're definitely going to have a recall on the ballot. It remains to be seen whether they actually do end up recalling this goof. Uh, but yes, they have, like I said, claimed to have gathered well over $2 million. Of course, the state has to verify them. And, uh, and unlike the ballots, the absentee ballots, you can bet the state is going to go over these recall signatures with a fine-tooth comb. So for the recall to move ahead, they must submit at least 1,495,709 valid signatures. That's why you always want to have like way more than you need because they're going to throw a bunch out. Uh, they have to be delivered to county election officials by March 17th. So if you guys haven't submitted it, go submit it now. And yes, the number of signatures required is 12% of the vote cast in the most recent election for governor, and that was the 2018 governor race when Gavin Newsom defeated Republican businessman John Cox. So if enough signatures are certified to trigger a recall, the state's lieutenant governor is required to set an election between 60 and 80 days from the date of certification. Who might replace Newsom? Well, the former Republican mayor of San Diego, Kevin Falconer, he's one of the high-profile contenders who's jumping in. And then aforementioned John Cox, who I didn't really care for, who lost to him already, have also announced plans to jump in. And so speaking of fucking stupid Gavin Newsom, I, I never miss a chance to play his babbling. Here was part of his State of the State speech from last week where he says, uh, you know, we're not going to go back to normal. Because pre-pandemic, people were mean and there was inequity. And we just can't have that. And I will not rest until every California citizen is exactly the same. Exactly the same intelligence. Exactly the same money. We can all march off to the glorious tractor factor factory together, singing patriotic songs as we toil away in our drudgery. While our beloved overlord, Gavin Newsom, stares down smiling at us, just like Soviet Russia. So here's a stupid Gavin. Here we go. California now ranks sixth in the world for vaccination distribution, ahead of countries, not states, ahead of countries like Russia, Germany, Israel, and France. You know, I, I know our progress hasn't always felt fast enough. And look, we, we've made mistakes. I, I have made mistakes. Yeah, like know, what? We learn from them. Your corruption, never stop unemployment trying. fraud, the For French us, laundry. The California spirit. We're bent, but not broken. Bloodied, but unbowed. Oh, Resolved to make brighter days ahead. And not to let the pain of last year to deter us from the hopefulness of tomorrow. Look, the state of our state, it remains determined. I remain determined. And I just want you to know, we're not going to change course just because of, of a few naysayers and, and doomsdayers. So to the California critics out there who are promoting partisan political power grabs, recall, prejudices, recall, rejecting everything that makes California truly great, we say this. We will not be distracted from getting shots in arms and our economy booming again. This is a fight for California's future. You know, since this <laughs> pandemic started, 
uncertainty, well, it's been probably the only thing that we can be certain of. But now we're providing a little bit more certainty, certainty that we're safely vaccinating Californians as quickly as possible, certainty that we're safely reopening our economy, and certainty that we're safely getting our kids back into the classroom. When? All of which adds up to a much brighter future for our state. Because California, we're not going to come crawling back. We will roar back. You know, when this pandemic ends, and it will end soon, we're not going to go back to normal. Because I think we all agree, normal was never good enough. You know, normal accepts inequity. Oh, so God. Latinos are dying from COVID at a higher rate than any other racial or ethnic group. And while essential workers' wages aren't enough for them to... Okay, I, I just, I can't, I can't listen to them anymore. Just a side note, funny, I didn't know this. While he was talking, there was a big screen set up behind him, like a Zoom call screen, and it had like fucking 10 of his flax from state government, and they're all like clapping silently whenever he fucking said his spiel. Oh, that was too funny. And Gavin, you know why Latinos are dying at higher rates? It's because you fucking open the borders and incentivize them greatly to come to California where, like I said earlier, they would then have no jobs and be forced to cram into these fucking tiny apartments, multi-generations, grandma, grandpa, the husband, the wife, the kids, and they're all in like one-bedroom apartments. That's why they got COVID at far, far more and died far more than white Californians. That's why. Of course, nobody has... I'm the only one gauche enough to point out that truth. Okay. Oh, and then uh, just uh, this was kind of related. I've guys have talked about uh, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon, that complete nut uh, who wants to release uh, baby rapists and killers into back out of the streets because he thinks that jail is too mean for them. Yeah, well, a convicted killer was captured on video celebrating this California prison cell after learning that L.A. District Attorney George Gascon had issued a new directive calling for the possible resentencing of inmates following 15 years of imprisonment. So here is the audio clip. Monday night right here in the new Folsom seat facility, right here with my Seve. Some white lightning. It's a little cuff. Boom. Salute. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Oh, there you go. The Gaskin directive. Boy, they seem to have a good time in prison. They, on the video, you can see a computer monitor in the background, a shelf full of books. These guys are brewing up some fucking ho prison hooch in there. They're having a good time. <laughs> it doesn't seem that bad. Why aren't they out breaking rocks? That's what I'd be making them do if I was in charge of prison. They can't handle me, you guys. I'm too hard. Okay, and now, guys, I know you love this, and we're going to have some fun now. Let us turn to the woke vets yet again, where they had a collective fucking freakout about Fox News and Tucker Carlson. And you guys probably saw me post a little bit about it. I, I rarely post my tweets on Instagram, but I had to because I was fucking got into it with the very woke managing editor of Task and Purpose. And uh, he's just a complete buffoon. And I had to set him straight as I have to do uh, many woke vets. But I'm getting ahead of myself. First, let us... What happened exactly? Well, the Pentagon rebuked Tucker Carlson, Fox News opinion guy, for sexist comments in which Mr. Carson ridiculed recent changes the military had made to be more accommodating to women. And I will play the clip here um if i 
can open it up quickly. Uh, here it is. Okay, so I'm going to play the whole clip. It's about a minute and 40 seconds long. I'm going to play the clip from Tucker Carlson, and I'll get more into the response. Here's Tucker China Carlson. won't explain the reasoning behind this plan, but there are some clues. Last year, we learned that China has quickly developed the world's largest naval force. In 2015, China had 255 battle force ships. Now they have more than 360. And many of those ships are more capable than anything in the American naval fleet. So how are we responding to this? Well, at the White House yesterday, Joe Biden addressed it effectively. What's the American military's response? Here's what Joe Biden said. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work, where we're making good progress, designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, and updating, uh, updating requirements for their hairstyles. And some of it is going to take an, uh, you know, an, an intensity of purpose and mission to really change the culture and habits that cause women to leave the military. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The bottom line is it's out of control, and the Pentagon's going along with this. Again, this is a mockery of the U.S. military and its core mission, which is winning wars. Okay, so that was that was the clip that everybody freaked out about. And what they freaked out about was basically they're like well this is tucker carlson saying that uh basically women don't belong in the u.s military which is not what he was saying and guys listen my own views have been more i'm the only person who is willing to even go on this i've been proven right time and time again about the lowering of standards as i was getting into the other week we all know that i definitely have tons of respect for women in the military. As I've said numerous times, we've had great, uh, our, our female pilots, our female air crew, our female uh, Apache pilots, they're warriors. I hear from female officers. I get your messages who are disgusted with the lowering of standards to accommodate weaker females because these women, the ones that I admire, they want to be part of an elite group. They want to have a high standard. They want to be warrior females. They don't want to fucking a bunch of weak dick females next to them any more than our warrior men want a bunch of weak dick simp fucking males next to them. They don't. I've, I can't even tell you guys the last time I did one of my woke vet uh, tirades how many messages I received from active duty enlisted and officers, both men and women, who were saying, BK, I can't wait till I get out of the military. And it was so depressing to get. I got 100 messages like this. And it was really depressing. They're sitting there like going, BK, I didn't join the military to fucking sit through diversity seminars and fucking gender studies seminars and white privilege seminars and trans awareness seminar. I didn't join for that. I joined to be part of an elite group, get the best training in the world, and be with an elite group of people who don't see skin color and don't see gender, one team, one fight. And that's not what the U.S. military is anymore. They used to be. Back in the old days, and when I say old days, fucking 10 years ago. And somehow, something's changed. And I don't know who these fucking woke vets are on Twitter who are freaking out constantly. I remember, I mean, it was, we still had social media when I was in. 
I was too busy fucking working all the time, trying to be the best operator I could be. But apparently these fucking losers on Twitter who freak out over a talk show host have plenty of time to sit around on Twitter and scream about it all day. And why did this become a big deal? Because all these fucking woke vets and these huge woke vet accounts started tagging all of the social media accounts of current modern active duty military leadership and forced them basically into making groveling statements supporting them. Uh, and for example, here's one from the senior enlisted leader of U.S. Space Command. I don't know what the fucking guy's name is. What is it? He's some Marine. Stalker is his uh, name. Let's listen to him. Drama right TV. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I call it. I'll apologize up front and tell you that I don't have cable news at home. I don't have it here in the office. Good. I don't watch a lot of drama TV. I understand some comments were made yesterday, and I watched the clip that Mr. Carlson produced as he referred to pregnant women in the military. I'll remind everyone that his opinion, which he has a, a right to, is based off of actually zero days of service in the armed forces. True. Let me offer you my opinion. My opinion is based off of 28 years of actual service in the military, 28 years in the Marine Corps, in combat operations out at sea and in garrison. And so he was talking specifically about pregnant women in the armed forces today and how it makes us left, less lethal and less fit and less ready. Let me tell you where he's wrong. Those decisions were made by medical professionals, by commanders and our civilian leadership that allows for women to have more time with their children to recuperate, to get fit and ready, to take that time that's necessary that our medical professionals know is needed which actually makes us a more lethal and ready and fit force. Hmm. Ready to fight the wars really? of today okay. and the wars of tomorrow. All right, let me stop him there. It's like, it's like watching a hostage video. <laughs> I wonder who forced him into doing this. Uh, and then just, uh, well, let me, let me get back. To, I'll play that at the end. So, uh, yeah, the, so this was the, the woke fit for you. And where I had a problem with it, like I said, I completely fucking, I have nothing but support. What it kind of morphed into was women uh, basically uh, are the reason our military is so lethal. And fuck, can we stop? Okay? Let's just, uh, let's just, the, the hyperbole is fucking getting insane. So then John Kirby got into it. This is the Pentagon's press secretary. He publicly rebuked Tucker, Tucker Carlson. And then all the fucking active duty military officials, including several genders and every single fucking buddy else, had to weigh in because, again, they were tagged upon by the uh, woke vets. That's right. So it was just a little nauseating. Uh, what did one? I'm trying to pull up the one fucking tweet I saw. This uh, went on and oh, here it is. Here's the tweet. This was from the Sergeant Major of the Army, Michael Grinston. He wrote, quote, Women lead our most lethal units with character. They will dominate any future battlefield we're called to fight upon, end quote. Okay, let me stop right there. First of all, let's look at the premise. He said, Women lead our most lethal units. If I went up to you, if I took a poll of 100 people and left gender out of it completely, and I, I put this on Twitter at Bravo Kilo Actual, if I went up to 100 people and said, hey, do you think somebody who has never been trained in or held the occupational specialty or attended any of the courses required to be one should lead a unit? In other words, you know, should somebody who's never been to ranger school or been in ranger regiment 
lead or command a ranger battalion. If I said that, 99 out of 100 people would say, no, BK, that's absurd. But then if you add gender to it, but what if it's a girl? Even then, a vast majority would say that's still absurd, but then they would soften on it because, again, in our woke society, gender rules everything. But it is absurd. It's absurd that somebody who has never held the MOS should command a lethal unit. It would be just as absurd if it was some supply guy leading a fighter squadron as it is a female commanding a ranger regiment. It's absurd. You've never been in a fucking ranger battalion. You've never been in a ranger unit at any level. You've never been to ranger school. You've, it's fucking ridiculous. So this is an example of the hyperbole that was making me a little sick to my stomach. So now, getting to my dust-up on Twitter this morning, the fucking woke editor of Task and Purpose tweeted out, oh, guys, isn't this great that all these Twitter veterans have this voice and they're, they can tag active duty leaders? And I said, yeah, you know what? It's, uh, I, I think you're, you'd be singing a slightly different tune if these veterans were on TikTok or Twitter not going along with prevailing military thought. In other words, and I gave the example of perhaps a guy in uniform on TikTok saying, no, I don't think females belong in special operations units. Just an example. And then you can go read his response and all his fucking filibustering on uh, BK Actual on Instagram. But that's kind of how I got into it. And that's what makes me crazy. They, there's only It's only celebrated all this freedom of woke vets to scream their minds. It's only celebrated if you go along with the prevailing orthodoxy. And these are the same woke vets who will just try to destroy your career. A couple of examples I made. Remember the West Point cadets who did the circle game at the Army-Navy game? Then all the fucking woke vets said it was a white power sign and demanded they be kicked out of the military. You guys remember that? Or how about the air crew when Trump was visiting and they wore the fun patches that said make air crew great again and all the woke vets freaked out, tried to get them kicked out of the military too? You guys all remember that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, want, they love you having a voice as long as you agree with 100% of what they're saying. And heads up to task and purpose, fucko. He actually said, oh, well, I never wrote an article trying to get anybody's career kicked out. I'm like, no, but you will fucking tweet it out, right? And then you let all these loser, woke vet military accounts do your dirty work for you. Yeah, that's what you do. I'm not trying to hear that bullshit. So that was the big thing we got into. And again, absolutely, females are a valued part of the military. Tucker Carlson is wrong in some respects, but his main point was lost in the shuffle, and it turned into basically him saying females have no place in the military, and that's not what he was saying, clearly. Females do have a place in the military, and yes, many of them are honorable, hardworking, kick-ass females, and they want high standards just like every other hardworking male who's in the military who wants to be part of an elite group. Nobody wants the fucking shit bags and the fucking debris. They don't want it. So shout out to my female military listeners who are kicking ass each and every day and you want to maintain those high standards. Oh, and I promised one, so one more clip on this and this is just a funny side note. So Joe Biden was doing that stupid speech celebrating the generals, and he uh, he forgot the name of the Pentagon, and he also forgot the name of his uh, Secretary of Defense, <laughs> Lloyd Austin. Let's listen to this. I want to thank you both, and I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the Secretary for all he's done 
to try to implement what we've just talked about yeah. and for recommending these two women for promotion. Uh. Thank you all. May God bless you okay, all. Okay, let me just stop him there. And Lloyd Austin is standing right next to him, by the way, which just makes it even funnier. You know, the guy, the guy, you know, the guy who runs that outfit over there filled with malarkey. Uh, too fucking funny. I love Biden. It's going to be great. Sliding into dementia. Uh, okay, so. Uh, by, and then just side note, Tucker's not backing down on that at all. He's, he kept slamming the military. So uh, just a couple other military stories. Uh, transgender surgery is now free for the military. Yep, that's right. Taxpayers will now fit the bill for gender reassignment surgery or gender confirmation surgery for active military personnel and veterans under an executive order signed by President Biden. This was tucked inside Joe Biden's January 25th transgender executive order titled, quote, enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform, end quote. And there is a clause that repeals an Obama-era policy that prohibited federally funded genital reassignment surgery. This was followed up by memos from both Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Veterans Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough specifically stating that this kind of surgery is now an added benefit. That's fucking terrific. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I love this new, this new age we live in. And then uh, what else do I have for the military? Oh, this is funny. Somehow a package containing four containers of urine samples from the Marine Corps that was meant to be delivered to a testing center was mistakenly delivered to an Arizona resident. So the USMC has launched an investigation into how the four boxes of urine samples for drug testing were mistakenly delivered to that private resident's address. Uh, the, he actually put it on Twitter, which was funny. Uh, the four samples meant for the Navy Drug Screening Laboratory in Illinois were posted on Twitter with the recipient with the recipient stating that he had received, quote, a box full of piss, end quote. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Marine Corps discut, recovered the package. Those unclear if the boxes were taken to the initial destination. Well, you got to throw all those tests out. So any of you guys who, who might have been sweating because you might have pissed hot, you probably got lucky. Because it requires a clear chain of custody thing. And if they went to the wrong place and were open, then they could have you know, allegedly been tampered with. So I think you're free and clear. The Marine Corps has recently begun to conduct thousands of drug tests on Marine recruits after a spike in incidents involving LSD usage within the Corps. Hmm. All right, guys, stay away from the LSD. Get the, go on the mushrooms. They, they don't test for that. So if you're going to eat, go ahead and eat some shrooms instead. Okay. Uh, one of you guys sent me this story and asked me to recognize this man, which I will do so now. Unfortunately, there was a Tampa police officer who was killed in a crash with a wrong way driver. And this was uh, Officer Jesse Madsden, 45 years old. He was responding to reports of a wrong way driver swerving between lanes around 1 a.m. on I-275 when the driver collided with his car. The other driver, identified only as a 25-year-old man, also died. And Madsen was a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, 16 years of the Tampa Police Department. 
He is survived by his wife and four children, and as my listener sent me, was widely beloved in the community. And it's just a tragedy, you know. These just another fucking shitbag who took a life of uh, one of our good ones. Very sad. Okay, let's keep going. Let's talk about uh, embattled governor Mario Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. He is again facing a deluge of calls to resign from New York's governorship. Well, Governor Andrew Cuomo, New York governor, made it clear Friday yesterday that he has no intention of quitting, deriding the mounting pressure from his own party as, quote, cancel culture, end quote, and insisting he would not bow to it. That's funny. And I defended him a little bit initially because most of it seemed to just be banter like that was taken bad and i i've i've long stuck up for men regardless of party who try to be fired over you know banter but this latest one uh seems to be uh pretty bad because now he's got one who's saying that uh he actually reached inside her shirt and like groped her and that was also somebody who was under his direct supervision as governor. So that's no, that is uh, no good. The tipping point, again, they said this unidentified aid. Did they identify? Let me just open this other tab here quickly and see if they identified her yet. No, they haven't. But Albany police said they had been notified by the New York State Police and the governor's office about the alleged infants. It might rise to the level of a crime. She, yeah, she's accusing him of groping her. And this is kind of what's really pushing people over the top, saying, okay, you got to go. And now I just saw on Twitter right before we started the uh, podcast saying it's like it, now the deluge is happening, right? All kinds of chicks are coming forward. So this aide, who was younger than Cuomo, was summoned to the governor's private residence on the second floor to s- assist him with a technical issue when she claims Cuomo reached under her blouse and began touching her. Okay, well, that's, now that's a sexual assault. That's a whole nother level. Uh, here's a couple clips from Cuomo denying he did what was alleged. I did not do what has been alleged, period. I won't speculate about people's possible motives, but I can tell you as a former attorney general who's gone through this situation many times, there are often many motivations for making an allegation. And that is why you need to know the facts before you make a decision. There are now two reviews underway. Okay, there you go. I love he's he's got such a weird, ponderous way of talking. I did not do what has been alleged. And then here he is. Uh, this is here's the clip about uh, bowing to cancel culture. Let's listen to this part. Bowing to cancel cancel culture and the truth. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign. I was not elected by the politicians. I was elected by the people. Okay. So first of all, there's a the cancel culture. Cancel culture is not when somebody who works for you, who you groped, uh, says you groped her, sexually assaulted her, and people want you to quit. That's not cancel culture. Cancel culture is when you're just some guy 
and it's, I don't know, you have a Trump flag outside your house and people call your work trying to get you fired. That's cancel culture. Fucking idiot. All right. Let's keep going around the world. Well, actually, let's stay here for a minute because uh, I got I got some good clips here. This was the uh, the chick and the Uber driver. <laughs> this was the uh, yeah. This was the this people went crazy about this. Uh, this was the man Uber driver and basically people um, trying to get this. Uh, the, the, these females were in the back of his car. Sorry, guys, I have to open up a new tab here. These females were in the back of his car, and he, the Uber driver, was asking them to leave, and they wouldn't. And he was trying to kick them out of their car, and they started snatching his shit and coughing at him. Let's listen to this. Off, girls off. We don't know where we're at. We're not even from here. Yeah, that's You're not about to just drop us off. We don't know nobody here. Take us to our house where we paid for to go. We got a mask. Trip anymore. It is canceled. Okay, well, that sucks for you because we yes, have our tow driver requested another one, but you're going to wait until it comes or else we're going with you home. Period. And you don't want me to know where so, you live. I'm confirming it last time. I'm going home. You are free to get out of oh my, my God, car. Why? We just not here. We just ordered another Uber. You're free to get out of my car. Hey, don't waste my police. time. Don't waste I'm my time. Police. I'm going <laughs> home. I'm confirming it. You're not confirming if anything. You are, you're not taking us. Look at this. This is what I'm trying to show you. If you want to get you. inside my car, stay inside. I'm going home. I'm we just said we're waiting for our Uber. We just called the Uber. You get out and wait. No, you're not about to let girls get out where we are. Okay, right, I'm going home. Okay, go home. Watch. I don't care. Yeah, no, for real. Take us home. I'm, I want him to take us home. I got some for you. <laughs> oh, I really beat your ass. No, you was not letting us out in the middle of the freeway. We're not getting out in the middle of the freeway. We're not getting out in the middle of the freeway, man. We're going viral. What? Yeah, you going viral, nigga? You going viral? Viral, bitch. Call the police, bitch. I have you ass arrested. Fuck wrong with you. You was about to get beat. Goofy ass, nigga. Yeah. He's so dumb. You could have did this at the gas station when we was waiting for our fucking Uber for two minutes. What's wrong with you? For real, you fucking goofy or what? All you had to do was take us home. We young girls. That's all. We didn't come here to argue with you, bitch. And now, and now, fuck the mess. <coughs> fuck, nigga. Yeah, what's up? Goofy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Put your hands on, bro. Put your hands on. Fuck your shit. Nigga, fuck around with you. Yeah, now you Oh, boy, they sound really intelligent, don't they? Yeah, they sound like fuck. You think dad was around when this chick was growing up? Nah, probably not. Uh, then she went on Instagram later and she fucking said she was going to sue the, uh, she was going to sue the Uber. Oh, by the way, they've all been arrested, but here she is on Instagram. Let's listen to this My boyfriend genius. taught me, he taught me, don't let nobody play with you. Smack the fuck out them. That's what I was taught. Yeah, son. So if y'all boyfriends told y'all to let this Uber, let y'all get out the car and get robbed or whatever the fuck would have happened. And I saw y'all. <laughs> Hell no. And he lucky as hell I ain't have nothing on me on mamas. Because if he would have played with me, bro, it would have been a whole different story. For real. You're not about to For kick real, me out of the y'all. I, Everybody I know, 75% of people I know would have smacked the shit out of him or done some crazy ass off the wall shit. All I did was smack, take his mask off and cough a little bit. But I ain't even have corona. So at the end of the day, 
Okay, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. That was disrespectful as fuck. I'm dead ass wrong for that. But Okay, I have to point out, by the way, according to her Instagram, she's of Iranian descent. She's not African American. And yet she's in there going, I ain't even tripping, y'all. Oh, hell nah. Nah, son. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's your fucking dad. Smack him around, too. <laughs> fucking joke. So anyway, that was a good clip. I got some more. Uh, guys, there's yet more coming up here pretty soon. Uh, a couple of uh, grinder stories. You guys know I love the grinder. A jilted boyfriend bombarded his ex-partner with more than 300 messages on gay dating app Grinder, in which he threatened to kill an 11-year-old girl, a court has heard. This is in the UK. Thomas Downs had attempted to win back his lover, Jeffrey Imms, after the breakdown of their four-year romance. However, his affection was not being reciprocated. So then he was handed a 14-month jail sentence, suspended for 18 months, given a 10-year restraining order, as well as community service. So Downs used to bomb the, me the victim with messages on Grinder. In just three weeks, Mr. Ims received 300 ag 330 aggressive and violent messages in which he also threatened an 11-year-old girl, including saying he put out a hit on him. <laughs> so. And then in other Grinder news... A Royal Navy commander who won some pretty prestigious awards has uh, been uh, lucky enough to avoid jail after being caught on camera by pedophile hunters posing as 14-year-old boys. Lieutenant Commander Graham Truhella, again in the UK, blamed loneliness after being arrested for using dating app Grinder to meet someone he thought was a teenage boy. But when he arrived to meet George, the 62-year-old was instead greeted by a man from the vigilante pedophile hunting group Trap, an online organization with more than 241,000 likes on Facebook. Mm. He was arrested by officers on October 28, 2017, before retiring from his position in the Navy. Oh, he was in the Navy at the time. Hmm. They heard that the father of three who used his own photos for his grinder profile, spent two days messaging someone he believed to be a 14-year-old boy called George. Following his arrest, police found nearly 1,100 indecent images of children on his computer. Well, how does he not go to prison for that? Oh, they got a little video of the uh, the actual confrontation when he was caught? Oh, yeah, let's listen to this a little bit. It's not George Thomas. No. I wouldn't bother running because we've got a team in there and the police are just oh, on their no. way. Who are you here to meet? You can't see any fireworks from here, though, can you? Yeah, just see them. So, are you Jules Thomas? No. Right, so what's your real name, then? Brown Are you sure? Yes. Right, OK. I have reason to believe that you are Jules Thomas, and that you're here to meet a 14-year-old boy to take him back to your house for sexual favours <laughs> and sexually explicit things. I wouldn't bother running or doing anything, running. because... We've got people all around this park ready for the call. What the hell do you think you're doing arranging to meet? Mm, okay, it's pretty fun. Go watch. I don't have time to go in the whole thing. I would say, you guys, I'd be very, very cautious about doing this. And as much as I like the motivation, this guy could have a gun. He might fucking be like, you know what? Then fuck it. You know, kill you, kill himself. I'm just saying, just be, be cautious. Okay, here's another great headline. Pennsylvania church treasurer accused of stealing $150,000 to 
fuel porn addiction. <laughs> There's so much free porn. There's so much free porn. This has to be OnlyFans, right? In sex cams. There's no way you could spend 150 grand just on porn. Okay, this is 56 years old, still flogging it away. Glenn Yothers. He allegedly stole the funds from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Unity Township in Pennsylvania, claiming the money was going towards church bills. But he's being accused instead of using the cash for pornographic websites over a four-year period ending in 2019, leaving the church on the brink of shutdown. And uh, none of it, uh, basically the, the, all the bills stopped being paid. And none of it was going to any kind of paying bills or charity at all. It was going to his own personal enjoyment and his own personal use. Yothers told police he got addicted to the sex sites. <laughs> Hold on. I got to click on the link for the original story. See, because is there any other detail in here? Like how fucking long? So this went on for four years and, and you just didn't know? He spent 12 years as the treasurer. Now, sadly, that's all the detail we have. Oh, that's great. That's just great. What else? Well, how about some book news? Amazon is canceling the best-selling book, When Harry Became Sally, that challenged the transgender movement. And they say they are purging books that, quote, frame transgender identity as a mental illness, end quote. This came in response to a letter from GOP senators last month demanding answers. The book came out in 20, 2018, and it was a bestseller that said it looked at public policy on gender identity and the human costs of getting it wrong. But yes, it does not allow books now to f that frame LGBTQ identity as a mental illness. And of course, transgender is part of LGBTQ. Uh, yeah, so, well, you know, it is a private business. They can stock what they want. And it may be monopolistic, but that's a whole other uh, argument. Meanwhile, remember last week I told you that we talked a little bit about Dr. Seuss being canceled? Well, it had the Streisand effect. You guys know what the Streisand effect is? Have you ever heard of that term? It's an internet term. And it's basically a term for like a small controversy that would otherwise receive no attention, but then when some famous person tweets it out in outrage, that original controversy then gets magnified like a billion times bigger than what it originally would have been. Because Barbara Streisand did that once. She tweeted something out that nobody would have even known about, but then when she tweeted it out, a million people became aware of it. I don't remember the exact controversy in question. Same thing here. Dr. Seuss book sales have now quadrupled, with more than 1.2 million copies bought in the first week of March. <laughs> this was after the publisher pulled six titles from production over racist stereotypes. And the top sellers weren't even in the books being withdrawn. The Cat in the Hat alone sold more than 100,000 copies in the first week of March compared to just 17,000 the previous week. Green Eggs and Ham topped 90,000 copies. And my favorite, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish sold around 88,000 copies. My man, Dr. Seuss, fucking still killing it long after his death. All right. Uh, this is funny. The NBA has fined Myers Leonard, who plays for the Miami Heat. 
$50,000, and he has been banned from all team facilities for a week by the NBA for using an inexcusable and hurtful anti-Semitic slur on a Call of Duty live stream. Yes, I do have the original audio and video. Let's roll it now. Here we go. Don't be fucking cowards. Don't fucking snipe me, you fucking kike bitch. <laughs> I just dropped that on my head. That didn't even go to fucking... Um, anyways. Okay, you heard him. You fucking kike bitch, he said. Yep, that's a, that's a no good, Leonard Myers. Yeah, he got fucked up over that one. All right, and speaking of racial slurs and other racial slur news, uh, a high school announcer says he called a basketball team a racial slur because of his diabetes. <laughs> it's an Oklahoma basketball announcer. I do have the clip. I'm going to play it. It's... It, it's a it's very faint, but I'm gonna play it anyway just so you guys can hear it. But this was Matt Rowan. He told TMZ Sports that he was sorry for being caught on a hot mic calling members of an all-girl high school team the N-word for kneeling during the national anthem. And he says, quote, I will state that I suffer type one diabetes and during the game my sugar was spiking. It is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. Well, <laughs> this was a big one. Let's go ahead and uh, play the clip so you can hear it. All right, there you go. Did you hear that? I know it was a little hard to make out, but uh, yes. And I'm going to read the quote because this is an adult show again, and we uh, we read full quotes here. If you're adverse to racial slurs, cover your ears. He said, in case you didn't hear it, he said, quote, they're kneeling, fucking niggers. I hope Norman gets their ass kicked. Fuck them. I hope they lose. They're going to kneel like that, end quote. He did apologize for his remarks. I'm sure he's uh, probably going to get shit canned. Meanwhile, in more, yet more racial slur news, <laughs> a local branch of the NAACP in Missouri, and some students are upset after a group of Missouri teachers spelled a racial slur during a game of human scrabble. Okay, I don't know what human scrabble is, but apparently the photo, oh, this is funny. It's this is on Yahoo News. But it says, the photo, which McClatchy News is not sharing. That's right. No, we're not sharing. That's just, that's just disgusting. It's not even worthy of news, you guys. It's, it's so offensive, seriously. It shows five teachers from the Christian School District in O'Fallon, Missouri, holding up five letters that spell a derogatory term for black people. They were trying to spell raccoon but they didn't have the R and the A. So the five letters they were holding up were C-C-O-O-N. Coon, but with an extra C. Uh, okay, so... Has everybody lost their goddamn mind, seriously? It was five white teachers was the problem. And no, they didn't all know it, you fucking goof. They apologized for the photo. It was obviously a mistake, and they didn't mean to fucking do anything about it, of course. But all the students have learned from all their woke 
fucking activists and immediately said fucking how hurt they were, how devastated they were. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, let's go look at those same fucking students' playlists on their iPhone and hear how many times the N-word is fucking shrieked out by their favorite artists. I'm so sick of hearing these young kids say how traumatized are they are by, listening, by hearing a racial slur. And it wasn't even a real one. It's clearly an accident. So dumb. And then uh, Papa John. Remember the disgraced former CEO of Papa John's Pizza? He went on uh, cable news. And for some reason, he said he's been working for the last 20 months to get rid of this N-word in my vocabulary. Really? Takes you that long, huh? Let's listen to this clip. Back to a few years ago, when you start to see these headlines coming out and smearing your good name. How did you feel at the time when you were seeing these headlines? Um, state of shock. Um, unbelievable. Um, I couldn't understand it. I, I mean, again, you have a public board that paints its chairman uh complicit passive or active they paint the founder as a racist they know he's not a racist it's just unbelievable and i used to lay in bed just going how did they do this and we've had three goals for the last 20 months to get rid of this uh n-word uh in my uh vocabulary and dictionary and everything <laughs> else uh, because it's just not true figure out how they did this and get on with my life all right 20 months it's taken to get rid of the n-word all right, he's he, he was. So the clock reset. Like nineteen months go by, and he's he fucking wakes up. He's like, "You're there," and he's fucking. And the clock resets. Is that how it works? Oh, Papa John. How about a few anti-mask stuff, you guys? Here's an anti-masker refusing to leave a bank and gets dragged out by a cop. Here we go. This is body cam. The cop is being uh, shown where the anti-masker is and walking up to her. We go. I'll say if, if that's who you leave, you have to leave. My money is in this bank, and I'm going to take it out. Well, then you have to abide by the rules, that, and you have to have a mask on. Is, this is a state. It's not. Exactly. Businesses have the right to refuse service, even if you're not wearing that's a mask. That's their choice. Awesome. Well, you need to go and get a mask, and then take your money out. You're not allowed to do. Ma'am, listen. Minutes. We're going to do this. He's way or the hard way. What are you going to do? Arrest me? Yes, for intruding on premises. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And you believe in this? I believe in it. Do you believe in this? The laws, yes. The law says that I do not have to wear a mask. You can not in public, my but you're not in public. You're not in my, public. Yes. I'm not going to argue with you about place. this. This is not a public okay, place. I'm this is a private mine. business. No, you're business. not. We're going to go outside. Are you serious? Do I look like I'm kidding? Well, I don't know because let's let's walk, go walk outside. You've got some issues. I've got issues that you're taking away okay. people's human rights. Okay. Oh, let's go outside. Is let's it going to shoot me, people? Is no. it going to shoot me for trying not to breathe? Cool. Come, cool. On, Come on, dude. Don't re oh, don't do that. Oh no. You want to touch me? Who do you think you are? Point time. One oh, back up, back up. Some old lady is getting handcuffed here. Get down! Ma'am, put you? your hands behind you your back. You could have just walked out. You could have just walked out. You don't stop resisting. Are stop. Are you going to, is anybody going to, like, get real here? Yeah, yeah. Go really? go, go beat up the cop no, for some random stranger. Wow. Come on. Oh, yeah. you smash my head down now? Now you're smashing my arm into my private area? <laughs> your private area? Yeah. Put your hands behind your back. 
My hand is behind my back, sir. This one. Turn over on your stomach. Okay, let me let me stop. Yes, guys, I'm aware. Do I think the mask is silly? Kind of, yeah, but I still don't hate it or anything. I'm pro-mask. Just fucking leave. That's all you had to do. You think the cop wants to do this to you? He doesn't want to. Like you said, though, there's the laws. It's a private business. If they ask you to leave, you don't leave. You're trespassing. Cop is required to uphold the law, and that's the end of the story. Shit. Um, I've got a bunch more fucking mask videos too. Should I do? Well, I'll do a few. Let me do a few more and then we'll do some more headlines because I'm starting. Let me see how I'm doing on time. Okay. Let's do a few more. Here's a guy in Orlando who threatens to slap security guards, including two women, as he's being escorted out for not wearing a mask. Look, look at these guys. I love communism. Look at it. Look, you still need more men to take me down, bro. You got three women with you. Fuck out of here. Fucking dickheads. But hey, I get treated like that. It's, you know, I get that special treatment. I get escorted out. Fuck out of here. Oh, you little punk, bro. I'll smack the shit out of you. I'll smack the shit out of this motherfucker right here. And those two girls right there. Fuck you all up. Okay, well then go do it, tough guy. You don't do, you're not going to do shit. They're, you're letting me... You're letting them walk and escort your ass right out. Uh, here's a road rage. I listened to like three seconds of this clip and my ears were bleeding. So just brace yourself. Uh, basically, it's a road rage. It's a woman in a car. The guy says like, hey, you hit my car. Don't leave. And they try to leave. And the woman is screaming at him to get the hell out of their way so they can leave. Let's listen to this. You want to get your ass fucked? Um, sir, did she, hit, did she hit your car? Yeah, they hit my car. Okay. The other picture of the license plate. No way! No, no, no. She beat the shit out of my car. No way! No way! No way! Oh my God, Beth. I know I'm videotaping this shit. <laughs> Dad, look at this shit. It's not he, us. She hit, We're she good. She hit, hit his car and now they're driving like Beth, get away, get away! Micah! Almost hits the filmer. Wow, she sounded totally stable, didn't she? Uh, I love this time. I do love this time we live in where all of this is on video. What's this one? Here's uh, somebody from Toronto who decides she, she purposely apparently goes in and harasses grocery store employees. Let's listen and see how this Here goes. Here I fucking go. Walking to the grocery store. Good old sweet potato where I used to get all my organic groceries. Spend all my money. So she's purposely walking into the store because she wants to film a confrontation. She's one of these fucking dickheads. Uh, so uh, skip ahead a little bit here. Here we go. There's a service online for pickup or delivery. Right. So I'm on my period and I need to pick up tampons. And the earliest uh, curbside pickup you had was for 7 p.m. this evening. So what do you suggest that I do? You can call and we can help you to shop for you and you can pick it up. And no, we that, can have your, unfortunately. We have actually our pin pad that can help you right at the door. Do you have the, do you have the bylaw on the door? Yeah, I mean, can you, can you come and read it with me? So just, it's something that we have already. It's been in place for months now. Oh, I understand that. But can you come and read the bylaw with me? Yeah, we have, I mean. Let's go read it, it we together. Have it, we have it in our website. We have it in the, Yeah, but let's go read the bylaw together. Yeah, the bylaw does state that. If you do have stores in, within the vicinity, which we do, we have like 
eight or nine grocery stores within the city. No, the bylaw states that if you have an exemption, that you are free to shop. Oh no, that's the, that's illegal. That's what you guys don't we understand. Do my tampons. We cannot even serve you. As long well, as then you I'm gonna leave cash at the front, and I'm gonna walk out well, with we, my tampons. We can help you. We have we have a pin card that yeah, actually that right outside. Outside. Okay, then let's go do oh, that. Oh God! Imagine spending your fucking days doing this. Wow, the pandemic has damaged so many people so so badly. Okay, guys, let's go through some quick fucking uh, headlines here. Uh, let's see. Let's go to airline man, 24 years old, faces 20 years in prison for disrupting an Alaska Airlines flight from Seattle to Denver by refusing to wear a mask and urinating in the cabin. 24 year old Landon Greer was arrested after allegedly disrupting an Alaskan Airlines flight. 20 years seems uh, excessive for, you know, if you're not, if you're not like, some of these prison sentences, I mean, come on. You know, and I know the the same people, it's funny, the, the same people are always pushing to let murderers and child molesters out of jail w would love to throw any fucking guy wearing a MAGA hat who's unpleasant in public into prison for decades, that's for sure. Uh, let me see. Woman convicted, Nebraska woman, of having sex with her young daughter's friends, two boys aged 12 and 13 during sleepovers at her home. Christina Greer, 38 years old, gave minors alcohol and marijuana-infused gummy bears during weekend sleepovers in 2017 and 2018. Investigators found explicit photos of Greer from one of the boys' phones. Jeez. Kroger. The grocery store chain will close three grocery stores following that Los Angeles hazard pay mandate. You guys remember that? So the stupid social justice warriors of L.A. who never ran a business in their entire lives decided that uh, the employees of the grocery stores needed to have an additional five hours, $5 per hour tacked onto their wages. Kroger said, we can't do that. We have very thin margins and we just can't do it. And L.A. County said, well, you're going to do it. And they said, okay, we're going to close the stores then. And that's what they're doing because of the operating costs. The L.A. City Council voted for that by a margin of 14 to 1 of the 15-member council. That's how fanatic they are. Man allegedly propped up dead wife's body while kids opened Christmas gifts. This is in California. 39-year-old William Wallace not to be confused with the legendary warrior, allegedly told the kids that his 26-year-old wife, Zazel Preston, was drunk as they unwrapped presents at their Anaheim home in front of her body, according to the Orange County Register. This was actually a scene from December of 2011. You know why it's in the news? Because his murder trial is just now getting underway. Ten fucking years later... What is that? We have the most absurd justice system in the world. In the world, by far. We make fun of these primitive countries, you know, like Indonesia where they have caning and stuff. It's swift, though, you know? You fucking break the law, give the wrong guy a handy, they fucking cane you, and then it's done. Meanwhile, 10 years fucking later, the trial's just starting. And of course, the granddaddy example is the 9-11 trial with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. I, I will never get over that. The trial for him has not even started the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks. I keep saying that over and over. 
Anyway, prosecutors allege uh, that this couple who shared a newborn son as well as Preston's two daughters, then ages three and eight, had gone to a Christmas Eve party before her sudden death almost a decade ago. One neighbor said they heard the couple arguing. And the next morning, Wallace dragged his wife's body from the bedroom to the living room where he placed her on the couch with sunglasses on. That's a good one. He allegedly told the children, quote, Mommy ruined Christmas. She got drunk and ruined Christmas. <laughs> uh, Panda Express is getting sued. A 22-year-old woman is suing for sexual battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress in a hostile work environment. She alleges she was forced to strip to her underwear and hug a male participant also in his underwear during a training seminar conducted in July of 2019. This is one of these goofy outsourced corporate seminars. You know, it's these stupid fucking guys who run corporations. This is the new thing. They all want to have these, like, you know, motivation events and diversity events, and they outsource all of it to these fucking shyster, grifter companies who make tons of money off of it. And now, this one at least is getting sued. It was some creepy guy. <laughs> Yeah, she was for this chick was forced to strip down to her underwear in front of fellow participants and the uh, seminar employees called Alive who were ogling the women. <laughs> participants then had to stand and yell about inner struggles they were having. After one male participant broke down in tears, the female victim was told to hug the male participant both in their underwear and at least one Alive seminar staff member is accused of recording the woman with a cell phone. This is for Panda Express. We, inter, you just got a fucking dude. Fucking orange chicken or Kung Pao. Spoon it into the container. It's not that fucking hard. What do you need to go to one of these for? It comes with fucking uh, chow mein or rice. I go half and half. I'm a half and half guy. That's if, you, if you're not even doing half and half, you're a fucking rookie. Because you're supposed to choose either rice or chow mein. Always go half and half. You get half rice, half chow mein. There's your fucking tip. Uh, let's see. California will vote on school curriculum that decolonizes America, praises Aztec gods, and builds a post-racist society. This is the new ethnic studies curriculum. The state, the state's board of education is set to be presented with a new draft on March 17th. It's getting fucking some eyebrows raised because of all the wacky shit they want to do, including pushing back on what uh, white genocide. And doing chants to the Aztec god. That's fucking hilarious. More nonsense. Just teach the kids to read and do math. You can't even fucking do that. So what are you messing with this part for? Uh, this is for my British cousin. I promised her I'd do this in. Uh, she lives on Brighton Beach in the UK. Well, a chef has been jailed for eight years for raping a man on, a Bri on Brighton Beach. In what was described as a horrific attack, 32-year-old Anyul Hoke targeted a tourist. They had a few drinks together, and then Anyul Hoke was seen having sex with his unconscious victim. And he was jailed for rape. When the cops got in there, they found Hoke behind the guy pleasuring himself. <laughs> Jesus. Yep, they sat down to drink vodka, and it was there that the suspect took advantage of of the victim. Oh, guys, don't do that. Don't hang out with some stranger on the beach. He's like, ah, oh, oh, good, good, good evening for a sip of vodka then, governor. Yeah, don't do that, please. 
Okay, a few more clips, you guys. I promised you. Let's go some audio clips. Here's a anti-masker in California who gets confronted at a pharmacy. Let's uh, listen to how this one goes. But you don't, you don't feel any guilt. You don't feel bad about this. You don't, you don't worry because it's, it's just your world. It's only you know, all you care it's about. My world. Shut up. That's all you care about. It's just yes. you. Yes. Just you. You don't have a single concern about anybody else. No. I'm asking you for just the basic decency of caring about another person. I care plenty, and if you don't shut up, what? Go away. No. What are you gonna do? You're the problem with this country. What's my problem? You're self-centered, trying to control. Self-centered, people. man. You're the one putting everybody at risk. Do you just breathe on me? <laughs> Okay, imagine being a grown man, dude, and being like, filming some chick. You're not wearing a mask. Again, I'm pro-mask. Ranting customer screams you're all Nazis at a sandwich shop in uh, Oklahoma City. Oh, this should be good. Let's uh, hear the... Well, this is... Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. Bear with me for a second. My tabs uh, rearranged themselves yet again. I want to find the... uh, I want to find the Nazi one. Is this it right here? Well, let me just go in the order I have. Uh, here's one um, who's harassing employees at Home Depot. Let's hear this one. No, I, I, I don't need manager. I, you're going to come and approach me. There you go. And, and you're going to tell me. There you go. I'm allowed in the store because I have an exemption. But <laughs> you, you're going to let me walk around with no mask and just not serve me. So I can super spread everything, but you just want to sell me things? Say it. Say it. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. So I'm going to walk around here for three and a half hours, but I'm not going to buy nothing. Okay. Okay. You can come all you want, bro. You can come all you want. Go ahead. Go ahead. But you're not going to sell me nothing, right? You're not going to sell I, me nothing? Okay. Like I, like I had told you, I am not from this department. I am not. What did I do wrong? I am, I am not from this department. What did I do wrong? Sir. Do you know that I work for the Port Authority in New York and New Jersey, right? Oh, Port Authority right? over here. Huh? Yeah, I'm Port Authority. I'm a tough guy. Um, you know what a hippo is? Um, sir, I know. I know. I don't know why you're infringing on my constitutional rights when no I work for the government. No I work for the government. In your yeah, this lady says she's calling the cops. What did, did I do something against the law? I don't know what just happened. I'm just stepping in because it looks like something Okay, happening. excuse me, sir. Sir? No, I'm exempt. Is it thing called exemption? <laughs> it's always the same shit. I'm just going to stop it there. It goes on for some time. It's always the same shit. I'm exempted. Constitutional rights over here. Uh, okay, here's a guy at an Ontario beer store. Okay, you're going on YouTube for uh, denying a service here at the beer store in Minden. We have the exemption. Yeah, I can Exemption. The exemption. You're harassing us. Human rights. Human rights act. Okay, want to call the cops? Call the cops. Call the cops. We have the right to buy beer. We have a medical exemption. You have the right to buy beer, hoser. Yeah, you're going up on YouTube. Yeah, and you're a cunt, too. You're a cunt. Wow. You're a cunt. You're a Nazi cunt. Go all home and watch on YouTube. You're on YouTube. Fuck you. Never mind. 
I know my rights, buddy. Right, yeah, right here on a piece of paper. Yeah, you're going up on YouTube. No one's above the law, charter rights and freedoms of Canada. Yeah, welcome to Canada, buddy. God save the Queen. God save the Queen. Yeah, you Nazi fucker, you. You're a Nazi fucker. There you go. Stand up to tyranny, folks. Right on. Right on. Yeah, you right did on. something. Yeah, you're so cool. Oh, I can't fucking get enough, you guys. Oh, this is great. Um, all right, here's another one. I don't know where this one is. Uh, get sick. Thank you, Bearface. Bearface, thank you. You don't mind people getting sick and stuff? I'm just asking curiosity. Like, you're not afraid, or you don't think people get sick, or being asymptomatic, or anything? Oh, I'm just recording you. I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you on blast on uh, World Star Media. Yeah. You like that? Thank you. Thank you for getting everybody sick and being an inconsiderate person and not caring for your fellow humans. You must be a Democrat. Um, I'm actually an awesome human being. I'm just watching you be a fucking asshole. You're an asshole. Lady, you're getting people sick by not wearing a mask. Really? You just breathe on me? <laughs> Lady, you know you can get arrested up, that's a felony. Listen. listen. That's a felony now oh, to breathe God. on me. Imagine like being this much of a soy boy. It goes on. Again, guys, I'm going through these quick because I don't have much time. Oh, here's the uh, one I was trying to find earlier. Here's the guy who calls the uh, employees uh, Nazis at the sandwich shop. Let's hear this one. You know, I thought these would be calming down by now because we're, you know, the pandemic's tailing off a little bit, but no. Is that all I got? Uh, yeah, that's the uh, last of the mask rants. And then just quickly, guys, to finish up my audio clips, here's uh, the Portland riots are still going on, by the way, and they're still trying to break and burn down the federal courthouse. And uh, here, you'll, here's a little audio from them as they scream at the security guards in front of the federal Fuck you, touch me again. I ain't touched not one door. Don't fucking touch me. Take that government paycheck. Touch me! Death to the fucking bitch! Fuck you! Fuck the United States! Death to America! Yeah, that's him down. Yeah. Weak ass! It's fucking weak! It's fucking weak! Come outside! Come outside! Come outside! Come outside! Come outside! Come outside! Yeah! Pull it! Pull it! Do it! You don't scare me! You don't fucking scare me, bitch! That's not going to hold. That will not hold. Do it! Do it! Yeah, sir, 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 I'd, I'd like to walk up there and just be Sir, are you employed by any chance? Really? Yeah, you seem like a fucking great contributing member of society. Just one time, I would love to see these Portland security guards and hapless fucking 
the hapless mayor, just turn them loose. Be like, go get them, boys. You know? And all this shit. Because now they're all emboldened. And now they're all feeling the roads and they're screaming and shrieking at these guys like the assholes they are. Uh, quickly, a few more headlines, guys. Um, an election in Pakistan's Senate was briefly disrupted after opposition politicians said they had found spy cameras hidden in a voting booth. <laughs> that's, that's right. This time, not pornography related, but uh, still pretty good. A JPEG file has sold for $69 million. This is a piece of art. This is the digital artist known as Beeple, and it was sold on Thursday by Christie's in an online auction for $69 million with fees. This is absurd. Maybe we should tax the rich. This was a, a collaged JPEG made as what they call a non-fungible token, or NFT. This is all cryptocurrency bullshit and stupidity, in my opinion. Well, all any art that costs that much is dumb. But at least like a piece of art, a painting, was made by hand by somebody very talented. This is something completely different. Uh, China and Russia are to build a lunar space station. Russian space agency Roscosmos says it has signed an agreement with China's National Space Administration to develop research facilities on the surface of the moon. Okay, and guys, I am fucking just about out of time, so we're going right to the big finish. Are you ready for the headline? Here we go. Teacher's aide allegedly filmed himself having sex with his Great Dane. (laughs) South Carolina teacher's aide Kevin Christopher Billups, 34 years old, was busted just hours after deputies received a link to a video allegedly showing him engaged in sex with his pet Great Dane Leia. They got a search warrant. Guess what they found other than that? If you guessed they would find hundreds and hundreds of images of child pornography, yes, you'd be correct. So this was uploaded. The dog fucker was uploaded to a pornographic website. Somebody tipped off the cops. Billups has worked as a kindergarten teaching assistant at Lonnie B. Nelson Elementary School since 2012. He was arrested at the school. Oh, God. The te- the fucking kindergarten teachers, you guys, they're banging the Great Danes very high on the animal hierarchy. That's all I got. Uh, that's two and a half hours straight through. No breaks, no ending, you guys. Nobody else is capable of doing this with the steel trap mind, not to mention the six-pack and the ab veins. Come on. Please follow me on Twitter, Bravo Kilo Actual. Check out the Instagram, at BK Actual. And guys, please help support the podcast. Go to patreon.com, search for BK Actual, donate a buck or two. This podcast is the one-man operation. No ads, no sponsors of any kind, 100% independent. The only support I receive is from you, and the only way I can keep doing it is if you guys help support it and come on you're getting what 10 hours a month of all this fucking great content please go to patreon.com look for bk actual and go ahead and chip in that buck or two and help me keep it going really appreciate everyone listening you guys that's all i got time for me to get out in the beautiful san diego sunshine and i will see you next week